You are now listening to the Q&E Podcast. Is this what you want? Huh? Is this what you want? We're coming in again, damn What's up, everybody? You're listening to the Q&E Podcast, and you're here with your boy Q Hicks right now. And I got Ega on the other line. Ega, tell the people what's good. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Q&E Podcast, man. We've been we've been going for a little minute. It's been about two weeks since y'all mm-hmm. heard from us. Sorry about that. You know, work get a little crazy, school, yeah. you know, just life in general. So we we had it, it wasn't a purposeful break, but we had some yeah. time away. But we got a lot to dive into this episode. A lot, bro. We're gonna come with the NFL trade deadline stuff. We already know what we're talking about with two wild Wednesday. We also have our mid-season awards for the NFL. Y'all already know we got to dive into the Kanye shit. We got to catch up on that. Kyrie was big time in the news. So we're going to catch up on all of that this week. So definitely stay tuned throughout this whole episode. If this is your first time listening, we do have five segments. We have sports, Two Wild Wednesday, social media wants to know, entertainment, and pass the ox. So once again, stick with us throughout the whole episode. And for all of your sports and betting needs, definitely go to BovadaSportsBook.com. First thing I want to say before we really dive into the podcast is RIP to takeoff, man. That has to be one of the biggest losses I've felt in the last few years, bro. Honestly, that Kobe one hit, but takeoff right there. That shit just hit different when we lost him yesterday in such a tragic and unexpected way, bro. Yeah, it was... I don't know. I, I made my post and said my piece about it. You know, he was labeled as a mumble rapper. Uh, and not just him, like the Migos group in general, but specifically Takeoff um, because of his flow and his cadence. Like I even heard people um, like Snoop Dogg and a couple other OGs like um, Bone Thugs. Like it was a lot of OGs just kind of hating on that flow and that style when really it's one of the most distinct sounds, one of the most diverse sounds we've heard in the last decade. We always talk about wanting artists to be different not wanting artists to all sound the same and when migos came obviously they're not the first group to rap like that but they're the first group to consistently rap like that and really let that be their brand and the way they elevated and took off with that especially with takeoff and the way that his ad libs kind of just shook the whole music industry of how you know, cadences going, everything, bro. Takeoff was a true artist, bro. He was the youngest of the group, but he was the most lyrical. My my favorite Miko is Quavo, but everybody can agree that when it comes to who who got that um heart of penmanship, it, it's Takeoff yeah. for sure. That's fact. So it's crazy how you can feel connected to artists sometimes. Like you said, Kobe was a big one, but when it comes to musical people, I don't. Who was the last music person? Dolph. Dolph just died last November. So, like, that was the last person, and I still ain't even fully mentally recovered from that because I'm still like, damn, Dolph gone. So now we lose a third of the Migos after we just found out a few months ago that the group broken up. So I don't know. I wanted Quavo and Offset to get back cool, but not under these circumstances. Yeah, bro, this shit was tough, honestly. Seeing it, And it happened so unexpected. It obviously happened in the morning, I think Tuesday morning. So it was just out of nowhere, bro, just losing somebody with that talent. And we were somebody who was always big on giving Migos their flowers. We got an episode called The Legacy of Migos. So you already know we've been listening to them since high school. We grew up on Migos. So that's why it it hits even harder because we've been listening to them for so long. And obviously, Takeoff being so distinct, obviously him being the youngest, 
him just sticking out like he always has, it was just like, damn, that shit just hurt. You feel me? Because like you, like I said, you just grew up on him, man. So definitely rest in peace, thoughts and prayers to his family. And just damn, bro. Because with this whole situation, okay, go ahead. I was just gonna say it was. It's the fact that, and a lot of people have said this. He's the quietest one. He's the one that's always out the way. He's the one that's the most chill, the most you know laid back. And that's the one. Not saying we would not be surprised if it was either of the other two, mm-hmm. but like we just said, he's the youngest out of them, and he's the most out the way. So you can be as quiet as possible. You can be as out the way as possible. When you're in the wrong place at the wrong time in the wrong situation, them bullets ain't got no names on them, yeah. bro. And I and I don't like how people – it hasn't been a lot of people, but I've been seeing a lot of people say, you know, he was in this situation because Quavo started an argument, blah, blah, blah. Let's not do that, bro. Because we yeah, just we had just a situation We just learned that situation, like that. yeah. Yeah, with, um, with PNB Rock and his, mm-hmm. his baby mama, everybody was on her head. It's like that man famous. That man posted his own location. Like, we can't sit here and blame her for that. And even if it was her fault, sitting here blaming her or now sitting here blaming Quavo ain't going to make the situation better. Like, mm-hmm. now you just you just shitting on the person who just lost their loved one, which, yeah. which is not cool. So I think we should not be sitting here scolding Quavo at all. They were shooting dice. And I seen a tweet that said, everybody's like, how could this happen over shooting dice? Obviously, y'all have never seen niggas shoot dice before. Like, niggas be willing to fight and shoot each other playing for a hundred dollars. Like, and you're talking about artists who are playing for hundreds of thousands of dollars. Like, shit gets serious. So, and I had to explain that to Denisha too, because she didn't really understand the whole it's just a dice game. I'm like, no, like I've I've seen and heard stories of like how serious, like niggas get serious off of spades, bro. Mm -hmm. Playing for no money. So just imagine you playing dice. (laughs) You get your pockets ran. You get your pockets ran, and you think a nigga cheating, and you down like a hundred k or some shit. Yeah, you yeah. probably go with a fade. So <laughs> it, it's I understand the situation, but it's it's still sad, bro. Yeah, and with this whole situation, we honestly gotta just stop and like realize what's going on in the world because I feel like a lot of people, and we always talk about being just so desensitized of what's happening. We just scroll past. Uh, like murders and killings all the time, but we really got to sit down with this takeoff and like really realize who we just lost. You know what I'm saying? Somebody who's been with us for so long and so consistent in this music game. We honestly have to just process this. And I think that's why we get so cut up because we see these on a daily now. Like you said, PNB was just a few weeks ago. Now we're losing takeoff. They're just so consistent. But I think this one, we really have to like process before we can move on. Like we have to think about the legacy that he uh, left behind with Migos and the legacy that he left behind as a, a human being. Like just with his his passing, I went back and listened to the old Migos songs. It's just, and it just made me realize how much of a legacy he and the group left behind as a group. I mean, just the the 2011 through 2014 run with the Streets on Lock series and with uh, Baker's Man and with all of that uh, Young Rich Nigga shit. It was just like he left behind so much in such a short amount of time, 28 years, bro. And he did so much. And I think that's what we need to think about more and really let that sit with us for a a period of time. You know what I'm saying? Because I seen a video recently that said it was a video with Takeoff and he wanted he was talking about his legacy. He was saying, I just want my my music to live on 8, 10, 20 years after I'm gone. And I'm somebody who's going to be playing Amigos like forever and ever. So I'm that he's forever going to be in my airways and my radio for sure, man. So once again, rest in peace to Takeoff, man. That shit hurt, man. 
and uh, thoughts and prayers with Quavo because I know he hurting the most out of everybody. It don't matter. You can blame him all you want, but you really can't blame him. But that's his nephew, bro. And he was the heart and soul of that group. You know what I'm saying? They, these boys, all cousins, offset, take off, Quavo, they all related. So you know he felt the, the, the most, you know what I'm saying, the most from this, this, this passing. So definitely rest in peace, bro. That shit hurt for sure. And uh, moving on to the NFL Midseason Awards, man. We're going to move on to that. And we're going to start it off with the MVP, bro. This has been a this has been a weird ass season. Let's just talk about the season in general Man, halfway through it. Weird ain't the not, damn word. Yeah, because oh I, I have not expected this season at all, bro. And everybody, because some people were talking about the Eagles and the Bills, they were saying that the Eagles haven't played anybody. But when you look at the teams that you expected to be good, like the Bucks, the Rams, they're not good. And the surprising teams like the Giants, the Jets, they're good now. And I think we're starting to see a transition in the NFL of like the older people, like the Brady's and the Rodgers on the downfall and the up and coming teams like the Jets and the Giants and even the goddamn Vikings with all of their star wide receivers, running backs. They just got Hawkinson in the NFL trade deadline. We're starting to see them emerge amongst us. And it's just so exciting of the season because you really don't know what to expect from it, honestly. Yeah, th this season has been wild as hell. Our predictions for the most part have been wrong as shit. <laughs> Uh, the Jets are a playoff team right now. Nobody saw that. The Jets and the Giants are both playoff teams at this point who look like they could pose threats. We ain't finna go crazy or nothing, but they could get to the playoffs and have interesting games. There's way bigger expectations than anybody thought. Like Quincy said, the Bucks are trash right now. The Rams are <laughs> mid-trash. They're on that borderline of either one no, right they, now. No, they're Russell trash. Wilson, they're trash. Russell Wilson, we don't know what the hell going on with him right now. Like, it's there's so many teams that are not doing well, and a lot of the people we did not expect to do well are damn near doing phenomenal right now, or at yeah. least halfway better than we thought. Like, the Falcons are a fourth seed in the fucking like, bruh, <laughs> like, look at what's happening. The laughing stock of the last three years is about to make the playoffs. Because everybody else is slipping now. Like, look at the team. Hey, and, the and Black, we don't want the you going Seahawks. back to your team. We don't want yeah, Black going back I was going to say that, bro. <laughs> it's crazy how he jumped the ship and them niggas start to win. It's crazy. It's crazy. They hey, was waiting was for that problem. nigga to leave. They was I'm waiting for that nigga to leave for real. They was like, yeah, this nigga wishy-washy as fuck. Let that nigga jump off the ship. We're going to win. We're going to start shit. I swear to God, that's what they was waiting on. But, bro, we're going to start off the uh, NFL midseason awards, bro. Who has been your MVP so far this season? Uh, so I will say Josh Allen right now is my MVP. My MVP when we did the preseason awards of who we thought would win was Russell Wilson. So I chose Russell Wilson hey. before the season started. <laughs> I thought him going to Denver, uh, being in the division that he was in, I thought he was going to have a strong case because even mm. though we didn't have the Broncos winning that division because we knew it would be so tough, I did see Russ playing at a high level and competing enough. Like your first year on a new team with a new head coach, I thought Russ was going to have MVP in the bag, but trash can dumpster fire season <laughs> for him right now. Josh Thanks. Allen is playing phenomenal. He's doing everything that I've dared him to do. And he make, he making me eat my words and I ain't mad at it. It's Josh Allen. Y'all know I'm a Josh Allen lover. I'm a Bills lover, but I said, look, they got to prove it to me. In the playoffs. I know they can prove in the regular mm -hmm. season, but I won't take away what they're doing in the regular season right now. 
and he's he's playing lights out. I, I want to. He's still top three in passing yards, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, he's right he's now. number one. He's on track. He's number to, one. Yeah, I think so. He's number one. Who has more than him? <laughs> it's not Mahomes. Josh Who Allen. Has, somebody got more passing yards than Josh Allen right now. If Unless it is, he just Mahomes. became number one. If so, as well. Let me see passing leaders NFL. But yeah, it's Josh Allen for MVP right now. His to lose. That shit. Oh no, he is third. Joe Burrow is number one. I about to say he top three. I ain't thinking. How the fuck is one. Brady number two? <laughs> I, I have no that, idea. That's really ridiculous. And, and we're not scoring. Oh no, don't, don't get me on my don't get me on my soapbox. Please don't. Please don't. That's crazy, bro. But I would have Jalen Hurts as my MVP throughout mm. this season because I think it more so goes into narrative more so than who's been playing the best because. Coming into the season, a lot of people expected Josh Allen to be the MVP. It was like, you have to win it. You have to take that leap to uh, become a Super Bowl contender for the Bills. But I didn't expect this type of leap from Jalen Hurts. And I think that's why I'm rocking with him for MVP on the ground, through the air, and just the improvements with his arm. Obviously, the weapons improved, bringing in A.J. Brown. But everything is clicking because he stepped up to the plate this season. And all of most of their success is on him. So I want to give a big shout out to Jalen Hurts. He is my MVP throughout eight weeks. I know Josh Allen is breaking all these records. He's on pace to have 6,000 passing yards, which is crazy as fuck. 6,000 passing yards. That's never been done in NFL history. But Jalen Hurts, the impact he has had on this Eagles team, I got to give it to my man. I got to show him love. So he is my MVP. And and I, I can't even deny that. He would be my second choice right now. And I think we had this conversation a few weeks ago of Jalen Hurts is in the conversation, not statistic-wise, but just off of the impact he's having on the game. He may not be a top-five passer right now. He may not even have the highest QBR right now. But he's leading this team to an undefeated season right now because until they lose, we got to get them their props. It's, it's damn near impossible going undefeated in the NFL this deep into the season. They're on the second half of the season at this point. So I don't want to hear that. They ain't playing nobody. They don't play eight games. like they are And they don't beat the second games. best team in the division or in the conference. That's they beat the saying. Vikings handily. And they beat the Cowboys, who a lot of people yeah. said that that'll be a real test game for them. Exactly. So I, I think we got to give the Eagles and Jalen Hurts their flowers this season right now because going undefeated is not easy. I don't give a damn who you are. So Jalen Hurts is definitely that second runner up for MVP. Yes, sir. So definitely shout out to my man. Moving on to Offensive Player of the Year. Who do you got? I had Jamar Chase, but the slow start that the Bengals had and the slow start that Burrow and and Chase had were just not connecting that much early in the season. It's hurting my own Jamar Chase pick. He's like sixth or seventh, I think, in receiving yards. Uh, He's going to touch a thousand by the end of the season, but still. But I I would have Tyreek Hill right now as offensive player of the year he's he's playing lights out he's running 20 30 yards past every db that he's covered against like it, it's crazy as hell he got to it looking like he's throwing dimes every other week so yeah and the crazy thing about tyreek he could have more yards because i think if he was still playing with mahomes or something he said he will have more yards than he has now because it's a lot of throws that are missed by two because he doesn't have the arm strength like yeah. Mahomes who can really get the ball down there. So there, there are some plays to be made that aren't even being like really taken into account because they're just misplays. But he still has the most receiving yards, the most receptions in the NFL, and he's on track to, ba- to beat uh, Calvin Johnson's single season record 
for receiving yards in a season. I know that he has one more game than Calvin Johnson, but still, even if it was 16 games, he would be like right on Calvin Johnson's ass, yeah. even if it was 16 games. Because he, he over 900 right now, and they got a game yeah. this week. He's exactly. going to touch 1,000 this week, halfway into the season. Like, <laughs> like he, he has like three games of 160-plus receiving yards. This man has just been going crazy. A lot of that credit has to go to Tua. A lot of that credit got to go to Jalen Waddle because he's not getting all of the attention because Waddle is obviously a demon on the other side of the ball. But Tyreek Hill has been playing like the best receiver in the NFL, bro. I know we can talk about DeAndre Hopkins, Stephon Diggs, all these other wide receivers. But this year, it has been Tyreek Hill, bro. I got to say it. And it's the truth. All right, moving on to defensive player of the year. Who you got? My cousin messed this up for me because I picked Joey Bosa, but he just had to plague the whole damn Chargers roster with injuries here and left and right. So Joey Bosa is completely out of the conversation at this point right now. I got to say it's Michael Parsons. It's not even close. I feel like it's his award to lose at this moment. He's leading – is he leading in sacks right now? I think he's leading in sacks. He's not leading in sacks, but he's leading the NFL in like pass right or pass rush percentage. So he gets to pass the quarterback the most. He gets okay. close. He he creates the most hurries, the most. That's uh, what it was. He dropped back. He has the yeah. most rushes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's what it was. yeah. So he gets to the quarterback closest the most and creates uh, hurries and stuff like that. So he's been having a crazy season this year. He's also my defense player of the year. He was my defensive player. I picked him coming into the season because I knew he would have this type of impact for the team so shout out to him he has eight sacks on the season so that's one per game but still he had 13 last year now he has eight halfway through the season his trajectory just continues to go up and we're starting to hear the comparisons I remember we talked about it last year a little bit I think it was when Elijah had came on a podcast he talked about it a little bit about him being compared to Lawrence Taylor more people are starting to be comfortable with that comparison now because they're seeing how great he is on a consistent uh, on a consistent level with it being two years deep in his career. So if he's getting Lawrence Taylor comparisons, oh trust me, that that nigga I'm gonna be all right. So he my defensive player of the year for sure. He definitely my defensive player of the year. So shout out to him. Uh, moving on to offensive rookie of the year. Uh, I originally picked Traylon Burks because I thought him being with um. Ryan Tannehill basically being his only weapon outside of Derrick Henry running the ball. I thought he would get a lot of touches. I thought he would have a a great start to his NFL career. It hasn't been that. Uh, I think that's more so due to Ryan Tannehill than Trey Long. And he's been hurt. He ain't played like last four games. And and he's been hurt half of the Mm -hmm. season, basically. So uh, Kenneth Walker III is my Mm -hmm. offensive rookie of the year right now. I know we look at Geno Smith a lot, which we should. He's having a phenomenal season, which we did not expect. And he has Mm -hmm. the Seahawks in a great position. But a lot of that offensive help comes with Kenneth Walker. The way he can hit these gaps and the way he's able to get a lot of yards after after a couple of hits. Like So I, I love the... I love what the Seahawks are doing, and I love how Kenneth Walker is making it so much easier for Geno Smith. I'm actually going to go with another running back for this award, and it is Damian Pierce from the Houston Texans. They are mostly in every game they play because of him. Somebody asked me a question about Davis Mills earlier today because they had some list re-ranking the quarterback in 2019, and they had Davis Mills number two behind Justin Fields in front of Matt Jones, in front of Trevor Lawrence. I know those quarterbacks are struggling right now, but trust me, bro, Davis Mills is not that guy. Not to <laughs> me. I haven't seen it. Trust me. 
But the reason the Texans are in every game is because of that running game. He has three games of 80-plus yards running. He has a couple of 100-yard games on the season. Like, he's been tearing it up. Coming into the season, he was really not really chosen to be the starting running back, but he took over that position pretty early in the season and has really carried the reins for the Houston Texans. So there, he's one of the biggest reasons why they're scrappy in every game. So I would give it to Damian Pierce. And somebody else to look out for for, uh, for this award is Chris Olave. Chris Olave has oh, yeah. been playing one hell of a season his first year. No matter if he's playing with Winston or with Andy Dalton, he's been getting off. So definitely shout out to uh, Chris Olave as well. But I'll rock out with Damian Pierce. Moving forward, defensive rookie of the year. Uh, I chose Aiden Hutchinson with the Lions. I thought that Lions defensive front, I thought he would play a huge part in their uh, success this season. But the fact that they're the most scored on defense, they're the, they're the worst ranked defense, I think, in the league right now because they're allowing basically 30 points every damn game. <laughs> That's not all on Aiden Hutchinson or yeah. all on the D-line, but it plays a huge part in how you're letting teams just get up the field. He's having a solid season but not enough to where I can give him defensive rookie of the year anymore. I will give it to Trayvon Walker. I think he is a huge reason why Jacksonville looks as good as they do defensively right now. He's a terror for offensive linemen, and I, I just love everything about him right now. So Trayvon Walker. Defensive rookie of the year, I picked somebody else on the Jags. I picked Devin Lloyd coming into the season, the linebacker for him. He started off the season pretty out, but he cooled off when the uh, Jaguars cooled off. I think they've been on like a four-game losing streak. So he honestly has slid out of the conversation. But somebody who has been rising the ranks over the time has been Sauce Gardner. He has been playing like one of the best corners in the NFL. Definitely somebody who I've never seen somebody transition to the NFL as quickly at that position. Because we know we can debate whether it's the hardest or the second hardest position to really come into the league and play. Well, he's had a seamless transition into the NFL. He has only given up 30-plus yards in two games this season. That means people aren't throwing to him, and when they do throw to him, they're not getting getting that much on him. They ain't getting (laughs) shit. (laughs) They ain't getting shit. So you scared or you ain't getting shit on me? And, I mean, it's not just in the passing game with the deflections. I think he has, like, one to two deflections a game. But I'm talking about in the running game as well, when you just talk about regular tackles, I think one game he had 10 tackles this season, like six tackles this season. So for a quarterback, he is really supporting in the run game as well. So that's something that probably impressed me the most. So definitely yeah. we'll have it for uh, Sauce Gardner. Because what you, we talked about it before. He's in conversation to be like a pro bowler, all pro yeah. in his first year. In his first that's, year. That's nuts. <laughs> that's nuts, For a bro. corner. For a corner, for a quarter. that's nuts. Corners usually <laughs> never get this award. It usually goes to whoever has the most sacks as a rookie, whoever has the most tackles. For a cornerback to win this award, you really got to be locking shit down. And that's what Thanks. he has been doing. <laughs> so definitely shout out to him. Big reason why the Jets are playing like where they are. And moving on to last one. No, it's not the last one. But Coach of the Year. Coach of the Year, I had Brandon Staley with the Chargers, but they just haven't been proving enough for me uh, that – his play calling can get him that award right now. I got to go with Brian Dable for the Giants. We did not expect this from the Giants at all. The way the Giants can play situational football and the way that they can defend against teams late in games, I think that speaks a lot to Brian Dable's coaching. He has Daniel Jones looking like a decent top 15 quarterback. 
really because of what the defense is doing to keep them in games. And when you got Saquon Barkley playing with clock management, you ain't got to count on Daniel Jones to be Danny Dimes every other game. Daniel Jones just has to be a great game manager, not screw it up, and just let the system do its thing. And Dayball has damn near a perfect system right now in New York. So Brian Dayball is my coach of the year. I don't, I forgot who I picked coming into the season for coach of the year, bro. But if I agree with you that Brian Dayball is the coach of the year right now. Did not expect this type of uh, exponential growth from the, the Giants, but here we are. And like you said, I think that's the biggest thing. The fact that he's working around with this offense, with Daniel Jones really not turning the ball over. He hasn't looked that great. But the fact that he has no wide receivers, all you really have is Saquon Barkley, and you're telling Daniel Jones to not turn the ball over. And it's working. That defense is stepping up to the plate. They're 6-2, and two, beating good teams in the NFL. Like, come on, bro. I got to give Dayball all of the credit. This is on him. This is his award to lose at this point. Like, the Giants will have to lose the rest of the games. Because you know how biased the media is toward New York anything. So they, they're <laughs> begging to give this award away to him or Salah, for sure, from the Jets. And Nick Sirianni also has to be in this conversation yeah, for what he's doing sure. with uh, the Eagles as well. So, But I would just have to give it to Dayball because it was just so unexpected. And lastly, comeback player of the year. I'm really not wrong with either choice. I originally picked Christian McCaffrey, which is still mm -hmm. not a bad choice right now. Mm -hmm. But I got to go with the narrative and the story of Geno Smith right now. I just talked about it a few minutes ago with how Kenneth Walker is a huge help with him. But, bro, Geno Smith is one of them players that you really didn't even know what the hell team he was on for exactly. real until Russ left. Seattle. I did not know Geno Smith was still on a roster. I didn't even know he was still good enough to be a starter if the starter left. So the fact that he's not only starting and playing decent, he's playing very well and has one of the best, if not the best, QBR in the league right now. He's keeping Seattle in games. He's keeping leads when he has them. And he's ultimately winning football games. So I, I got to give it to Geno Smith. Christian McCaffrey is playing great with San Francisco right now because now he's in a system built for him. But mm -hmm. I think the narrative and the story and the play of Geno Smith should give the award to him. Hey, I agree with the Geno Smith point. But look at this. It's not crazy to say this season – Geno Smith has been playing like a top five quarterback. It is oh, yeah, not crazy, crazy to say. Yeah, crazy. It's not crazy to say. And that's nuts. This nigga wasn't even in it the is. league. Oh, he was riding the bench. <laughs> He's a top five quarterback putting the Seahawks in this type of position. Like, dog, what? They got better after losing their franchise quarterback. I've never seen anything like this happen before, especially with Geno. I, I didn't. Oh, my goodness. He really revitalized his career with this team. I, I still cannot believe in what he's done, keeping the Seahawks in these games, winning four games. And they're leading their division, or they're tied with the, yeah. the 49ers, one of the two. But they who lead expected they lead this shit? Division. Who expected this shit from Gino, bro? Because I, I know Saquon <laughs> Barkley is also in this conversation, McCaffrey, Dak, all these other players. But nobody has a better story than Geno Smith, bro. And that's, that's vital. I, I think he already has it wrapped up. Because I think with Geno, if you're the Seattle Seahawks, yes, in the next draft, you do still look for a quarterback. But you know you're in good hands currently until you find that quarterback. Do you quarterback. get a quarterback? After yeah, seeing yeah. what Geno is doing? Yeah, just, just because oh. of age. Just because how, of age. How, how old is Geno? 
he old enough to where you need to start looking for a younger quarterback. You know, hey, he been in the league for like 11 years. Oh, no, he 32. He 32. I'm about to say he been in the league for like 11 years. He 32. Facts, facts, facts. But but that's what I'm saying. Plus, he's helping his career But because if he still plays longer, he may not be a starter on a team next year, but he's still going to have a roster spot. He's still going to be a backup. In case somebody gets injured or in case whoever is the starter plays terribly, you know you got a solid backup in Geno Smith. So I think Geno is playing lights out right now, and he's reviving his career to last him an extra five to six years of still being in the league. May not still be a starter for five to six years, but he'll be a name we still hear. That's crazy, man. Shout out to Geno. Nobody expected this. I remember Gino was playing for West Virginia, and he was somebody who was just so flash in the pan in the NFL. It was like he was with the Jets at one point. I think he was at another team, yep. and then I don't remember hearing of Gino Smith after that. And then Never, yeah. in 2022, <laughs> he's on the roster, and and they really wanted him to be the quarterback for a couple of games, but they really wanted Drew Locke to have this this job in Seattle. They predicted him to have this job, so the fact that he's just played so well to keep Drew Locke like not even close to him but has raised the level as well. So it's like now he's a top five quarterback in the NFL. That's crazy as fuck. Like, and I really want y'all to process that because I, I, I'm saying it, but I don't think y'all really process like top five quarterback Geno Smith. With all these quarterbacks struggling with the Aaron Rodgers, with the Tom Brady's, with the Burroughs struggling, with the Herbert being quiet this year, who the fuck is playing like a top five quarterback this year? Who? Other than the, the regular... Uh, the Mahomes and Josh Allen and Hurts. After that, who the fuck is playing good? Other than hey, it's Gino. a toss up for them last yeah. two top five spots. <laughs> that's it's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> like that shit is nuts, bro. You have like, like is Kirk a top five quarterback? I don't. No, I, I, I won't push it that far. Say, we, we got I won't push it that far. But I'm just saying, <laughs> it's a conversation <laughs> now, dog. It's a conversation that I wouldn't have expected <laughs> coming to this season. But definitely shout out to Gino one more time. And let's move on to the NFL trade deadline because a lot of shit happened over this past Tuesday when the deadline hit at 4 p.m. The Chubb, uh, Bradley Chubb ended up going to the Dolphins. Christian McCaffrey got traded to the uh, 49ers last week. Uh, uh, Chase Claypool went to the Bears, which was a big pickup for yeah. just Justin Fields because they needed a wide receiver badly over there. Hey, uh, but he, he gotta learn to he gotta learn to throw the ball downfield now too because yeah, he too. got a weapon now in Claypool. Yeah, you don't need to see you, but but this is where his height puts him at a disadvantage. You got to get that Drew Brees mindset of being able to see plays without literally having to see the play. So mm-hmm. if he got Claypool now, but if he still ain't gonna be able to see him to throw the ball to him, I, I don't know how it's gonna work. Hopefully it works though. Yes, sir. I'm just glad he got a weapon, bro, because they was trying to have my man over there in hell yeah. in purgatory. Yeah, that's true. Because honestly, true. he's been playing very well over the last few weeks with his weapons. I mean, he blew out the Patriots on Monday Night Football. He kept he was playing well against the Cowboys, too. And even though they lost, he still played well against them with no weapons. Yep. <laughs> just running the ball and you know, hitting check down. So definitely shout out to Justin Fields. He played well to me this season. Roquan Smith got traded from the Bears to the Ravens. That's another big pickup. A, a surprising deal to me was Detroit trading uh, Hawkinson, their tight end, to the Minnesota Vikings. That was a huge deal to me. It was. Uh, the suspended Calvin Ridley got traded from the Falcons to the Jags, so he will not be playing for them this year. But next year, Trevor Lawrence will have another weapon. 
and Kadarius Tony was traded to the Chiefs. That, yeah, was, that was a move too. that was made. That that's was another big, big move. move. Underrated deal that's going to play a big dividend come playoff time. So, Edgar, what was the biggest move or biggest moves of the NFL trade deadline? Uh, two of the biggest moves, I think, were the Hawkinson trade to Minnesota because Minnesota has been playing crazy as hell without Hawkinson. You add another weapon to Captain Kirk. Hey, I might really be calling him Captain Kirk for the rest of the season. <laughs> so that was huge. Uh, Kadarius Tony, like we just said, that that fifth option. You got your top three options that you always throw to with Juju. You got Kelsey and you got Hardman. You got that fourth option now with Tony that you can put anywhere. You can have him play in the slot. You can have him on special teams. He's just that mercenary Swiss Army knife that you could put anywhere on the field. So I think that's a very underrated and big move for the Chiefs. So those would be my two favorite ones. And I like Roquan Smith to the Ravens because the Ravens need as many defensive pieces as they can get. I know DeQuez was mad as hell because he wanted wide receivers. If they could have got Claypool, he would have been happy. But I'm like, bro, scoring is not y'all problem. Yes, Lamar Jackson needs weapons. We all know this. But Lamar making a shake with what he got right now. Scoring is not the issue. The Ravens can't stop getting scored on, particularly late in games. So adding a defensive piece on Roquan Smith, I think that was also a big pickup. Huge pickup. My biggest move of this trade deadline was Christian McCaffrey to San Francisco, bro. Because you add another weapon to somebody uh, of somebody who is limited like Jimmy uh, Garoppolo. So you just continue to add weapons to his arsenal. You have George Kittle, you got Ayuk, you got Debo Samuel, you got Christian McCaffrey, who can do so much, not only out of the backfield, but you can put him at slide. He can catch it out of the backfield. You already know he can run in between the tackles. If he stays healthy, I really like San Francisco moving forward, bro. I really like San Francisco, even with Jimmy G. And also, I love the Bradley Chubb move for the Dolphins because yeah. their defense has really been lacking this season. Last year, uh, towards the back end of the season, they were playing at a high level, a top 10 to 12 defense. We really haven't seen that same defense this season. The offense has really been getting all of the attention because of Tua and the weapons. But this move with Bradley Chubb to get paired with Jalen Phillips on the other side, this could be scary because he has five sacks on the season, but he's another person who has a huge pressure rate. He's up there with the uh, Michael Parsons and with the, uh, what's my man name from Carolina, Brian Burns. His name is up there as well. So the Bradley Chubb to the Dolphins was another huge move for me, bro. I think he's going to pay huge dividends, especially come playoff time. So those are my two uh, huge moves. But all these moves were big, honestly. This was the craziest yeah. day in NFL trade deadline history. It honestly felt like the NBA trade deadline. It did. I, it felt I like I honestly the NBA. kept them scrolling on my Twitter. It was like a new trade. God damn, this is crazy for the NFL, oh, honestly. And RIP to Mike Zimmer, I felt like that wasn't talking was about unexpected. really at yeah. all. Like, that, that shit was so quiet. Wasn't that his I, son? I think it was so... Um, it was so uh, overshadowed by takeoff's death. I think mm -hmm. that a, a lot of people in the sports world who are also hip hop fans didn't really even, I don't want to say we didn't pay it attention, but two big deaths happened that day. One in the sports world with Zimmer and then mm -hmm. one in just the culture with takeoff. So, but RIP to Zimmer, that, that was very unexpected for me. Yeah, most definitely, most definitely. But all these moves were pretty big. I think Hawkinson to the Vikings is going to pay uh, immediate dividends. Just adding somebody with Kirk Cousins because they really didn't have somebody for like the middle of the field threat. So adding mm -hmm. somebody like Hawkinson, who is 
a top three to five tight end in the NFL is huge. When you're pairing him with Justin Jefferson Thielen and Dalvin fucking Cook, all right, Kirk Cousins, if you ain't getting to the conference championship this year, my nigga, you need to be cut after the season. You got too many goddamn weapons. I don't want to hear no excuses. I better be hearing a lot of you like that after the season, my nigga. I need way more of those, bro. You can't come up short with this team, dog. You cannot come up short. You got too many weapons, dog. And I like that Calvin Ridley to the Jags move, bro. You know how I feel about yeah. the Jags. I think they're going to be a, yeah. a team to really be reckoned with coming up soon. Trevor Lawrence has been struggling over the past four weeks. I'll be the first nigga to say that. But I think adding Calvin Ridley, I think they're going to add somebody in this draft as well at wide receiver. Obviously, will make it easier for Trevor Lawrence. And a couple of more NFL uh, midseason things I wanted to go after or go over was who has been your biggest disappointment or biggest disappointments of the season? Uh, the Buccaneers, for sure. Um, I understand everything. We all understand everything going on with the Brady situation with him and Giselle. But I I think this is – I don't think there's ever been this quick of a turnaround with how great a team is and how trash <laughs> a team is. Like, bro, we are terrible. Like I'm, I would not be surprised if we don't make the playoffs. Like seriously, oh, like I we're not at all. Yeah, we're we're that bad. And I was talking to my mom about it, and I was talking to a few other people. Like, I love black coaches, bro, but hey, Bowles and and Leftwich, y'all y'all making us no, look crazy bro, right you now. Not, see, I hate that we. Oh my goodness, see, this is the thing. We're gonna we're gonna tell some truths. We made no. a podcast two weeks ago, but we couldn't post it because of the audio issues. But we talked about this. We talked about this conversation, and I told you, areas will have to come down because this quarterback or this uh, coaching thing with Bowles is not working, bro. Areas get shit he, in he line. He's not coming down, though, bro. He's not coming. I'm down. telling you, he needs I, to. I bro. Still, if Brady say, if Brady say, if Brady say, come down, bro, that nigga gonna have to come down. This is last year, or could be his last year. It, it, this is just wild, though. The play calling, bro, is terrible. The the Bucks have to be the biggest disappointment. Uh, I think I had said a few weeks ago, just right off the bat from the first three or four games, I felt like the Colts were a big disappointment. It's not like I, I was this huge fan of Matt Ryan, but I thought, hell, if Carson Wentz could do great things with the Colts, I'm sure Matt Ryan, a quote-unquote former MVP of the league, I'm sure he could do something. <laughs> They're playing terrible. So I thought the Colts were the biggest disappointment, or at least one of them, but it's got to be my Bucks right now, bro. The Bucks look terrible. Offensively, we're one of the most predictable teams in the league. Oh my we goodness. can't score at That's the crazy. football. We're That's not throwing crazy. the ball. And, and Brady throwing ducks, bro. Like, I got to say it. I got to say it, bro. I know I certain niggas say, ain't bro. catching. Certain niggas ain't catching the ball. Even Mike Evans dropping a few passes. Now, I'm like, what is going on? Leonard Fournette can't run the ball. We he only getting like two yards of carry damn near right now. We not throwing the ball any low any further than 20 yards down the field, which is wild as fuck to me. We were known for deep threats. Scotty Miller has been absent this whole season. I, I don't know. I, I'm just very confused. Of uh, if I didn't expect to have this quick of a turnaround back to the old Bucks, but it, <laughs> it looks like that's what I gotta get used to. But hey, I'm I'm here to the end. I'm here to the end. <laughs> bro, I knew once y'all lost to the Panthers, a team that is trying to lose, that y'all season was over. I'm like the Panthers. PJ Walker. PJ uh, Walker came in and lit us up. Bro, Come what? On, bro. <laughs> once I seen them lose 21-7 to the damn Panthers, 
I said, yeah, their season's over. The Falcons are going to be the ones that make the playoffs. Something is going on. It's not just the offense, though, bro. The the defensive injuries, the defense not hitting the same. We thought we were going to see a bigger growth from the well, defense. I, I can't blame the, secondary. the defense, bro. No, they're not I, getting to the I, quarterback no. like they were last year, bro. We're shooting them too much, bell. They're not getting to the quarterback no. like they were last year, bro. Other than the Chiefs, we've kept everybody 21 points and under. The defense no, bro, they haven't been as good as last season, though, bro. I, I'm not they haven't been as good. good. They haven't been getting to the quarterback. They're not as talented as last season, but the fact that we're keeping everybody 21 points and under under outside of that Chiefs game and just the Ravens game not too long ago, majority of the games, are we're keeping close. We just can't score. We can't expect the defense to keep everybody under 21 if the offense can't even put no points up. So I, after three quarters of damn near trying to shut teams out offensively, I can't get mad if in the fourth quarter they run the scoreboard and <laughs> be on the field majority of the damn game. I can't blame defense. <laughs> no, no cap, no cap. But no, they're not getting to the quarterback. And I still agree they're not getting to the quarterback enough. Shaq Barrett, didn't Shaq just hurt his Achilles or some shit like that? Uh, ACL, he out for the rest of the year. He out for the rest of the year. And y'all really miss Jason Pierre-Paul because he over there balling with the damn Ravens. I think that's been one of the biggest misses. I think Sue being gone is obviously a big miss. They're not giving up as much in the run game, but they're not getting to the quarterback, bro. They're not giving up the points because their linebackers are still good. Secondary is still solid, but they're not getting to the quarterback at a high rate. Because you talked about it coming into the season, how the defense would have to carry. You knew from the beginning the offense wasn't going to be shit. The defense isn't carrying like a lot of people expected coming into this season. And I think that's been another L. Yeah, you can blame the offense, but that defense hasn't been elite like we expected. And my, my biggest disappointment has to be the fucking Raiders, bro. I think they lost again this week to the Saints. Yeah, they lost again to this, uh, the Saints this week. 24 to zip. That God, shit nuts. Damn. Y'all niggas one and six. I still believe in y'all niggas to make the playoffs, <laughs> and then y'all lose to the fucking Saints. Y'all didn't even score? Nah, bro. Hey, I gotta, they I gotta had Jamis freestyling. They had Jamis freestyling. I was yeah, like, I gotta bro. cut the TV off, bro. Yeah, once you got Jamis on the sideline eating W's, bro, you know it's a wrap, my nigga. You know this franchise is cooked. This franchise is cooked, man. Y'all niggas get Devontae Adams and go backwards? How does that happen? You get Devontae Adams and go backwards. I don't get it, bro. I really do. They have been my biggest disappointment. They're two and six on the season. I still had hope, but losing to the Saints the way they did, this offense is trash. We have to start asking serious questions about Derek Carr, bro. I'm tired of uh, standing up for him, bro. I stood up for him for too long, but something has to be said. Derek Carr, bro. Where the fuck you at? You've been playing ass this whole year. It ain't been one game where I said, oh, Derek Garvin, that nigga. All of these games, you've been looking mid to ass. We expect, well, you were top 10 last year. You got your team to the playoffs and you go backwards to, with a number one? Come on, bro. That nigga been looking ass this whole year. He another one of my biggest disappointments. Moving on. Biggest surprises of the year. Uh, Biggest surprise? I'm gonna have to go back to the Giants. Uh, I know defensively the Jets. We we had a feeling the Jets would be a little bit better, but I had no expectation, no positive expectations for the Giants. So the fact that right now uh, the NFC East as a whole is looking as good as even Washington. Washington ain't got a great record, but they staying in the hunt as far as like fighting for that third spot in the division. So um, I would say the Giants are my biggest surprise this season. Shout out to Brian Dable again. Daniel Jones is playing his best season of his career right now, and that's saying a lot because he's really not doing that much. 
And I think it's because he's not doing that much. He's not required to, he's not required to play hero ball. And I think that was a big thing with Saquon not playing as much last year or the year before. It was kind of like they were trying to be on Daniel Jones' shoulders when he's not that type of quarterback. But now that he can just play in a system that fits him, it makes sense to say now the Giants are a legit threat playoff wise. So yeah. And my biggest surprise is the other team from New York is, is the New York Jets. I knew the Jets were going to be way more improved from a season ago with all of the pieces that they got in the draft, Sauce Gardner, Jermaine Johnson, Brees Hall. But they just took another level that I didn't expect. They're second in the AFC East right now, or they're tied with the Dolphins for second. And I just didn't expect this jump so early because their quarterback missed like the first four or three, four games. And honestly, he hasn't played that great since he's been back. And they're still five and three because of that defense in that running game. I think the injury to Brees Hall was a huge hit. So I, I think that's something that we have to continue to monitor throughout this season because I think that's something that could really have them stepping backwards in terms of the trajectory that they're on. But right now, the biggest surprise for me has to be the New York Jets, bro. Shout out to uh, uh, Salah. I forgot his name. What's my man? What's Salah first name? Robert, I, I think it's Robert Salah. Robert Salah, yeah. So shout out to Salah for what he's doing. I was somebody who watched a lot of the One Jets Drive series that they have on YouTube. So it's basically like the hard knocks for the Jets, but it's not on HBO, it's on mm. YouTube. And it was dope. So I was somebody who got an inside look of like the Jets and what they were doing this season. So like I said, I had um, higher expectations and I'm glad they really came through on them. And lastly, before we move on to picks of the week, what would you have for the Super Bowl matchup as of right now? A uh, Super Bowl matchup right now, I got to go with the undefeated Eagles representing the NFC. And for the AFC, hmm. Go on, say it, bro. Go on, on and say it. You ain't got to hate, bro. Go on, get them in there. No, because it, it ain't crazy to say the Chiefs right now. I know the Bills are like the, would be, quote unquote, the runaway favorite, but the Chiefs are still the Chiefs. Uh, I would say the Bills, though. I, I would say the Bills. The Eagles and the Bills would be my Super Bowl matchup right now. I would for sure have the Bills in there, bro. Would it be crazy to have Minnesota in there? No. I don't know. I, all of these weapons, bro, it's just like, damn, how can you fuck up with all these weapons? I don't know. I still like the Eagles. Eagles are undefeated. Obviously, they're a favorite to get there, bro. Hey, we're, like... we're still not saying the Cowboys, and that's the funniest shit about No, no, no. Definitely not going to be the Cowboys to me. Something, something's going to fuck up in the playoffs. Bro, sure. the Cowboys can play their best season <laughs> in franchise history. We're still going to have the like, third or fourth. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely not going to do it for me. Damn, the Eagles are so easy. Give me San Francisco. I'm riding with San Francisco. San Francisco and the Bills <laughs> Super Bowl. That's what I got. Christian McCaffrey is already making paying huge dividends. Y'all see it the type of game. Yeah, this weekend. He was the first person to have a receiving touchdown, passing touchdown, and rushing touchdown. And the game since 05 LT shit. He back to prove that he's the best receiver in the game. And I'm glad he has this high uh stage to really uh display. but you want to know what's crazy? And Rome brought this um brought this up on Facebook, I think. Because he he ain't a big Christian McCaffrey fan. He low-key hate Christian McCaffrey. He think he overrated as hell. 
but like, he said <laughs> <laughs> he said racism he said, <laughs> he said Derrick Henry is having a Hall of Fame running back career in front of our eyes but everybody is so fixated on Christian McCaffrey what do you feel about that we still talk about Derrick Henry like he's the best I feel like he still gets the credit that he deserves I mean goddamn! what else do you want us to do Y'all want us to talk about this nigga every week? All these other great quarterbacks <laughs> in the league? Goddamn nigga 6'5", 250. Goddamn, we expect this shit from this big-ass nigga. All these other goddamn 5'11", 200 damn running backs. We more impressed with them, nigga. We expect that damn nigga can't be tackled. Stiff arm, goddamn, you can't tackle that motherfucker. Man, fuck that shit, man. We expect this shit from Derrick Henry, man. We expect this shit. Nigga 6'5", 250, and run a 4'5". What the, what the fuck you expect? <laughs> Come on with a stiff arm that you ain't gonna touch that nigga. Man, fuck out of here. We expect this shit from that big ass nigga, man. Shit, don't get the credit he deserved. God damn, what can we expect it at this point? We ain't surprised by that shit. Oh shit. We ain't surprised by that nigga, bro. It was just like when LT, we weren't surprised by LT no more. Not LT, but uh Adrian Peterson. Once we seen that nigga yeah, do it his we first year, no it was like, oh, we expect this shit every year because you that great. You're a Hall of Fame talent, you're a Hall of Fame running back. Same thing with Adrian Peterson. He's going to get into the Hall of Fame. Same thing with Derek Henry. He's going to get into the Hall of Fame. Bro. I don't think you have to talk about him as much to, for him to still get his credit. We still acknowledge Derek Henry as a top two running back in this league or the best running back in this league. Last year, Jonathan Taylor got the credit as the best running back. But who's been the most consistent over the past five years? It's easily been Derek Henry. Easily been the best running back out of the past. Oh, yeah. Time. Nick Chubb in that conversation, too, though. Nick oh, Chubb facts. He's the best running back for this year. <laughs> if we be even in hey, a low, low key. Game. Honestly, no matter who wins the rushing title, Nick Chubb probably the best back, like the best total running back this year. So facts, I'm telling y'all, I'm I'm telling every year he produces like this, bro. Even when he splits carries with uh Kareem Hunt, he still produces at this high of a level. 15 to 18 carries and still gets 100 yards a game with a touchdown or two. That shit is crazy, bro. But moving on to NFL Week Nine preview and our picks of the week. But what we got for games of the week for this week, bro? Uh, that Chargers and Falcons game might be pretty interesting. Oh, Still not Lord. picking Atlanta. I was about Still to say, nigga, they 4-4. Four four, <laughs> they 4-4. Four four. But Jets and the Bills, that should have been game of the week. I don't know why they got it as a 1 o'clock game. That should have been game of the week right there. Damn, but bro, I that's see the, I want to see Sauce. I want to see Sauce versus Diggs. That's what I want to see. That shit going to be tough. Damn. These are some big spreads this weekend, honestly. I see 12 12 and a half point spread. I see 14 and a half point spread. I see 12 and a half. A lot of blowouts, apparently, this weekend. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of ass beats. A lot of ass beats. (laughs) But I really don't see any huge games this week, though, bro. Uh, Oh, I mean, Vikings and Commanders, I guess. Yeah, Heineke. Hey, what I told y'all about Heineke, Heineke. got that magic. <laughs> I told y'all, hey, well, Heineke touched um touched the field like a couple of games ago. I was like, oh yeah, give me Washington. They finna win. <laughs> <laughs> they finna win. I'm telling Just you, bro. Heineke playing. <laughs> Heineke does something to that team, bro. That. It honestly just cannot be uh, understated. He bro. has just that. His, Nick he, it brings Foles that energy, factor, bro. Yeah, he got that Nick Foles factor. Yeah. he may not be a starter for your team consistently, but just throw him in there for a couple of games. He's gonna fuck the whole mindset of whoever they're playing up because they're preparing right. for this other person. And then you throw in uh, um 
Taylor Heineke in there, like a Nick Foles, it's, it's like, oh, shit. Even a Ryan Fitzpatrick. Like, Ryan Fitzpatrick had a couple of teams shaking in their boots certain weeks because it's like, <laughs> we didn't prepare for you. We prepared yeah, yeah, for yeah. <laughs> That's crazy, bro. Another game of the week we got is Titans versus the Chiefs. They're both 5-2, and two, but the Chiefs are yep. really heavily favored. The Rams versus Bucks, a battle of the disappointments. Yeah, I was going to say, that was supposed to be one of the biggest games yeah. this year, bro. And it's going to be, I don't, even, I don't even know who, man. Snooze fast. <laughs> that bitch going to be three to three by the halftime. That shit going to be nasty. Well, I, I won free tickets for it, so I'm still going. <laughs> I'm still going to the game. <laughs> hey, you got to take advantage. But let's start off with the picks of the week. We got Eagles versus Texans to start off. Uh, I got the Eagles blowout. For sure, the Eagles. Bills versus Jets. Uh, Bills. I got the Bills too, but I would, I would, uh, because it's a 12 and a half point spread on Bavada. I would have Bills plus 12 and a half or Jets plus 12 and a half. Chargers versus Falcons. Chargers. I can't do it like you no more, bro. I, I got to actually think about the damn Falcons Shit now, bro. It ain't easy, Shit though. It ain't easy. Keenan Allen ain't back. <laughs> I told y'all that's the one L I'll be willing to take every week is that I'm, I'm willing to gamble with that Atlanta shit every time. I don't care. Because the moment I pick Atlanta, I promise to God. Oh, no. Ain't for sure good. The moment I pick them, I promise you. I got the charges. Fuck it. Colts versus Patriots. Patriots. Who is going to be the quarterback for these niggas? Uh, that situation really that we've seen on Monday, it, it matter, Bailey right. Zappi or Mac Jones, that was a nasty game on, on Monday night. They do play the Colts, though, so I, I still got I'm about to say, I, I trust Bill against the Colts. <laughs> <laughs> Dolphins versus Bears. Uh, Dolphins. Yeah, I got the Dolphins. Closer game than expected. It's only a five-point spread on Bavada, too, so not that crazy. Packers versus Lions. Uh, Packers. I got the Lions, bro. Packers yeah, no. are on a down slide that I, I can't. I done get picked over. the Lions like three to four weeks in a row, and they didn't get <laughs> this. Me gonna be the week. This no, gonna be the week. Just, come through. Well, I, I, I won't find out. <laughs> yeah, the crib. Oh, Panthers versus Bengals. And they they just traded. Uh, they just traded your boy. Oh hell no! And they did <laughs> trade that nigga. Hold on. Now, and you trusted Jared Goff? Oh no, hell no! Damn, and the, they and did the worst defense, the worst defense in the league with Jared Goff at quarterback without his number one tight end. All right, go ahead, pick the Lions. <laughs> Fuck, I'm still going with the Lions. Uh, Panthers <laughs> versus Bengals. Uh, Bengals. For sure, the Bengals. Bro, I was so happy to them. I don't know. The Panthers don't know how to tank correctly, bro. <laughs> them niggas waited until the last second, bro. Thank God the damn refs helped them niggas, dog, with the damn penalty on DJ Moore. Them niggas do not know how to tank. Like, bro, it's cool to be competitive, but it gets to a certain point where it's like, nigga, all right, let's chill out. These niggas almost won the goddamn game. We want Bryce Young, nigga. Calm down. These niggas actually trying to and win and that, and on goddamn wild, Sunday. Bro. Huh? That was wild with DJ Moore. I totally understand being in the moment and the fact that when crazy shit happens, we have to be willing to understand players are going to act excited, but you a vet, bro. You know you ain't supposed to take your helmet off, bro. 
No, like, during that moment, hurry. though, bro, that vet shit go out the window, dog. But but it wasn't a walk off. It wasn't a walk off. It'd be different oh. if it was a walk off touchdown. But no, no, a, a ref came out and said that he shouldn't have been penalized because he didn't take his helmet off. Uh, technically, on the field, he took it off when he was running toward the stands. The ref ended okay. up saying it was a former ref said that it wasn't a flag. It shouldn't have been flagged. It has. It was a veteran You're not ref. To take your helmet off. That's in it. The end zone. Period. But he wasn't in the end zone. That was a technicality. He wasn't in the end zone. He was over there past the end zone by the fans. So they said technically it wasn't a foul. Obviously, they think he took it off in the end zone because he has his helmet off. But technically, he did not take it off in the end zone. He took it off past the end zone. I don't know. So they said he shouldn't have been flagged. So that shit was crazy. But I'm glad he got flagged because they, they missed the field goal. They, I really think the GM slid in that kicker's ear and said, hey, nigga, that's chill out. Like, hey, I'm going to cut you after this game, but hey, I, I got you, my nigga. I'm going to take care of you. And that had to have been what was going on, my nigga, because that nigga missed the game-winning extra point and the game-winning field goal. The kicker was told something. But I, I ain't fault him for the one after the DJ Moore situation because mm-hmm. I felt like that was DJ Moore fault. It ain't like y'all mm-hmm. got this electrifying kicker. <laughs> so the fact that the regular kick was already going to be a, hold on, we got to hold our breath moment. And now you had an extra 15 yards? Yeah, more more knew he fucked up with that one. Thank you, refs. I actually appreciate y'all for that 15 yards. Got uh, Atlanta Raiders? looking like they winning overtime games and shit. Yeah, that's crazy, bro. That's crazy. Uh, Raiders versus Jags. Uh, I got the Jags. Raiders are as fuck. Both of these teams struggling like shit, and I fuck with both of these niggas, dog. I had wrote down the Raiders before we started, but the more we just kept talking about it, I was like, nah, let me get the Jags. Yeah. Give me the Raiders, bro. Fuck it. Jesus. That's so tough, dog. Hey, you did all of that a few minutes ago to still say, give me the Raiders. <laughs> bro, because I literally predicted these niggas to go on a six-game winning streak, and they just said, fuck it. And then they got shut out by the Saints, dog. Give me the Raiders, bro. Fuck it. Vikings versus Commanders. Vikings. Only a three and a half point spread on Bovada. Only a three and a half point favorite. So they expect it to be a close game. I got the Vikings though. Added TJ Hawkinson. Like I said, they should be all right. Seahawks versus Cardinals. Seahawks. Cardinals been looking all right since my man came back. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins. Give me D-Hop. The Cardinals at the crib. I'll I take the Cardinals. Rams versus Bucks. <sighs> I really don't know. <laughs> On one hand, I can go with the home team and just stick, stick with what I know. Or, nah, it's just Cooper Cup. Nobody else. <laughs> just give me but the Cooper bucks. Cup going to get loose no matter. You go ahead. Go ahead. I want you to finish. Just give me the bucks. I, I just want the bucks. Okay. <laughs> because I was about to say, Cooper Cup has shown me, dog. That even being the only real weapon on the Rams, that he's still going to make shit shake. Like, how does this nigga always end up so butt-ass naked in the end zone when he the best goddamn wide receiver in the NFL, the only option on the Rams, and he still get wide-ass open? I still don't understand it, bro. Something always breaks down. <laughs> Give me the Rams. That nigga always finds a way, I believe, in uh, cut more than anybody on the field. So I, I'll take the Rams. Uh, Titans versus Chiefs. Chiefs. Chiefs for sure. 12 and a half point spread on Bavada. They expect this shit to be a, a blowout for real. <laughs> and I, I honestly do too. Ravens versus Saints. Uh, Ravens. 
I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go with the Ravens. I was, I, was, I was thinking about it, bro. I was, was kind of like that. But I'm, I'm going to go with the Ravens, though. I'm going to go with the Ravens. All right. And, and those are freestyling on the damn sideline. All that video eating pissed them, me eating off. Eating them Ws, my nigga. Hey, you can't hold my nigga. No matter if he's starting or not, you can't hold that, my nigga, Sean. <laughs> you can't hold that, my nigga, Sean. Uh, moving on to college football. We had the college football rankings drop this past week, the first week of them. And we honestly had some surprises. In the top four, so the top four is the Tennessee Volunteers at number one, the Ohio State Buckeyes at number two, the Georgia Bulldogs at number three, and Clemson slides in at number four. So right now, November 1st rankings, those are the top four with Michigan being at five and Alabama being at six. Edgar, what is your reaction to these new rankings? Uh, I still don't like Clemson being ranked this high, bro. I think you Michigan can't do that, bro. Clearly, the better team. Michigan can't do clearly that, better than Clemson, bro. I don't want to hear that shit. Who? Michigan, Michigan, bro. They don't have more W's and more good W's than Clemson, bro. You picked Syracuse Michigan's to beat Clemson a couple of weeks ago, team. and Clemson came through. After Syracuse scared the life out of them niggas, and Debo had to go to the they, boy. Hey, hold on, is a W? Is it not? A W is a W. Yeah. Oh, oh, it is. I'm just saying. <laughs> Michigan ain't have a moment like that yet. But that's Penn my State. point. Michigan, Michigan they, hasn't they played that same State competition no either, though, bro. Michigan hasn't played that same comp. They played Penn State, knocked their ass in the mouth, and they finna do the same shit to Ohio State. They that's probably, the only they team really they played. That's the only they team they played. If they beat Ohio State this year, I don't want to hear that Clemson shit. Put Michigan in the playoffs. Oh, for sure, for sure, for sure. It's an easy path for Michigan to get in there. And honestly, Tennessee and Georgia play this weekend. So whoever loses that game, it's going to be hard for them to honestly to get in because obviously whoever wins that game is most likely going to go to the uh, SEC championship game and play Alabama again. So that's going to give Alabama a chance to get in there. So it's still going to be a wacky team, a wacky chance, or a wacky uh, next few weeks for the college football playoff. But let me look up Clemson's schedule because they ain't played some good ass teams, bro. Man, I know what I you you tried because you definitely picked what's the name the other day. You definitely picked Syracuse. They beat. I did pick Syracuse. (laughs) They beat. They beat Wake Forest, who was ranked twentieth. They beat NC State, who was ranked twenty first. They beat a good Florida State team, and they just beat Syracuse, who was ranked twentieth. They've Stop had three State. top 25 Stop doing W's. That shit. Huh? Stop doing that shit with Florida State. Stop doing three? that. Three? I'm not even counting Florida State. I just <laughs> said three top 25 W's, and they beat a good Florida State. Those are four good W's. What, Clemson got Penn State, who nobody fucking believes in? Come on, bro. They got three good W's. I'm going to give it to Clemson, bro. And honestly, who yeah. is Clemson losing to for the rest of their, their games? You got to play Louisville. You got Miami. They're going to blow out Miami. And then you got South Carolina. Who the fuck is Clemson losing to? Clemson going high. Michigan. Bro. Michigan got to play. Michigan um, whooped Penn State's ass. And then they got to play Illinois. They got to, bro, they got to play Illinois and Ohio State back to back. I don't want to hear that shit. Illinois is looking like a sleeper top 10 team right now. They ranked 14th. But Illinois is like that. So we the gonna fact see. that Michigan... Michigan got to end their season with two top 15 or damn near by that time, two top 10 programs. If mm. Michigan do that shit, bro, they damn near might Oh, for sure. If you beat Ohio State, you in there. 
But that don't no, mean Clemson you, gonna get knocked if out. If you be if you be Illinois, you in there. I'm putting you in there before the, the Ohio nah, State. Game. Nah, nah, nah. Now, they're going to be in the top four because, like I just said, Georgia and Tennessee played this week. So whoever loses yeah. that game, high key going to get in. Whoever's going to lose that game, not going to get in. So. Yeah. Well, it's going to be – but this is what I wanted to talk to you about, bro, because Tennessee is such a tricky situation because even – let's say Georgia wins this weekend. and I Because I'm pretty sure Georgia is at home this weekend. Let me, let me, uh, let me make sure that's facts. Let me make sure that's facts. One verse two. Yeah, they're at home. Georgia's at home this weekend. So Georgia is favored by eight points over Tennessee. That's a lot of points, honestly. But still, they're favored. But if Tennessee loses that game, you still got an Alabama W. You blew out a top 25 LSU team. They still got some good W's on their resume, and you already beat Alabama. So even if Georgia goes all the way to the SC Championship game and loses to somebody like uh, Alabama, can you really put not put Tennessee in after they beat Alabama this season? Even though they don't make it to the uh, championship game, conference championship game, they well, high yeah, still deserve to be in. Tennessee can can flirt with losing with Georgia. Georgia can't. They flirt can with flirt losing to Tennessee. They can't flirt. So, Georgia yeah. can't flirt. Yeah, Georgia can't flirt because they, if Georgia, Georgia has loses, to win. Georgia has to win. Tennessee doesn't have to win because they beat Alabama. You know what I'm saying? Alabama still has a chance to get in because they get to play whoever wins this game in the SEC championship game. And this shit happens every year. And this is why Haiki get fucked up with the SEC because Alabama always feels like they have a fucking chance, bro. Even when they lose. They lost to Texas A&M last year and they still got to the championship game. These niggas always have a chance to get in no matter if they win, <laughs> lose. That shit is so crazy about them niggas, dog. They always have a chance. But I think Tennessee, even if they lose this weekend, still have a chance. But how do you feel but, about uh, Tennessee being number one and Ohio State being number two? I ain't mad at Tennessee being number one, honestly, because they they beat Goliath. They beat Alabama. Like, what other what other thing do you need to say? Like, they have the most impressive win out of all the top four playoff for teams sure. right now. And they've been playing, like, the better team all the way leading up until this point. They have a front-runner Heisman candidate. They damn near could have two with the way um Hyatt is playing at wide receiver right now. So they got the best quarterback wide receiver duo right now, I think, out of all four teams. They have the best win. So I ain't mad at Tennessee being number one right now. Bro, I like I said it a couple of weeks ago. Tennessee is the best team in the SEC. And after they beat Alabama, I said they should have been number one. Obviously, the AP poll was playing them games. They had them at number three. But I believed back then that it should have been number one. So I'm not surprised at all. Like Edgar said, they have the best win. I think they deserve it. If Michigan ends up losing to Ohio State, I can see Ohio State going back over Tennessee for the one-two spot. But we still just got to see how these last few weeks shake out. Because they play, what, next week? Uh, Ohio State and uh, Michigan. When they play? That's no, next they don't week? play until like after, after Thanksgiving. Oh, after Thanksgiving? Oh, damn. They got some time. That's the last game. You know, they had them. Uh, oh, them yeah, you're right. You're right. That is the last week. game. That's right. Damn, you're right. You're right. And just looking at some other teams, you got Alabama at six. Surprising team. TCU still has a chance to get to the college football playoff. Even a team like Oregon, I can see some things falling in their favor. USC, a lot of things have to honestly go USC's way for them to yeah, get they, in. Yeah, they ain't I, making it. Yeah, yeah 
But TCU is a team that you still have to look out for, bro. With everything going on, with all of these teams in the top seven still having to play each other, like the Georgias and Tennessees and the Michigans and Ohio States, TCU can be that team that sneaks in the top four when nobody's really expecting it. So I wouldn't be surprised at all. And I think they play Texas Tech this weekend. That's going to be a tough matchup, bro. That's going to be a tough matchup for them. So that's something that we just got to keep our eye on with TCU. It's crazy because do you think Tennessee could beat Alabama twice? No. But I don't think they would need to. I don't think they would need I, to. I don't think they would need to either. I just yeah. that was. But you're not beating them twice. Wondering. You're not beating them twice. That that would be some crazy <laughs> shit, though. Yeah, that would be some crazy shit. It's no way. I've never have we ever seen that? I don't think we ever seen. We've seen it one time, almost happened, and it was with uh, it was with LSU, and that was like 2013. I think that was the year Tyran Matthew was there. Tyran Matthew was there. Mm. It was 2013, 2014, one of those years. And they beat them because it was like a 6-3 game in the regular season. LSU won. They had seen each other again in the championship game. It was LSU and uh, Alabama. And Alabama whopped their ass. You ain't beating them niggas twice in the season. Bro. It's hard enough to beat them once. You barely beat them once yeah. at home. I about Shit, to say, it's hard as hell to beat their ass once. Hell no. You but, ain't beating them niggas But the twice. thing is, bro, it's not going to be in Alabama if they play them again. And you but it's a neutral site. With- you won with home field advantage with Rocky Top. Yeah. So now you go to a neutral field, and you you going to have just as many Tennessee fans as Bama fans this time, bro, because of the no, fact that Tennessee has bro. beaten them. If it, if Alabama, Alabama fans travel, bro. Oh, yeah, they, they do. They do. I just think it'll be a little bit more even now as far as fan-wise because of the fact they've already knocked off Goliath one time. You finna see Tennessee fans out the ass now. Hold on. Just because they're playing them twice. So who you got this weekend between uh, Georgia and Tennessee? Oh, I got Tennessee. Yeah, I got Tennessee. That boy going against the spread. (laughs) Like I said before, eight-point favorite. Georgia's an eight-point favorite. Damn. We're going like to see another Heisman like, moment, bro. We're yeah. going to see another Heisman moment with Hendon Hooker, bro. I'm telling you. I understand CJ Stroud getting all this hype, but Hendon Hooker is still the, the Heisman right now. Even if he lose, honestly, I would still have him at the Heisman. But wait, and he did against Hyatt Alabama. If go crazy, if Hyatt go crazy against Bama and Georgia, he in the Heisman conversation too. I don't give a damn <laughs> because I don't, I, don't, I don't even remember the last time we've seen a wire other than, um, other than LSU. When was the last on um, LSU with that 2019 team with Burrow mm-hmm. and them? Yeah. But then again, it was multiple. You had Justin Jefferson on one side and you had Jamar Chase on the other. Hyatt mm-hmm. ain't the only wide receiver on Tennessee, but he's the wide receiver. Now he's at least the with that one, LSU yeah. team. With that with that LSU team, it could have went either way. Jamar Chase could give you them numbers or Justin Jefferson. You you had to pick your poison with that. But Hyatt mm-hmm. is the only one that niggas got to worry about on Tennessee. So if he lit up Bama and he go to Georgia and have another three to four touchdown game, he in the Heisman yeah. combo too. Tennessee going to no, have two sure. Heisman candidates. Uh, let's move forward to the college football week 10 preview. We already talked about uh, Tennessee versus Georgia. What are some other big games of this week? Uh, let's see. Um... We had TCU versus Texas Tech. Like I said, I think TCU is on upset alert on that one, bro. Even though Texas Tech yeah, is 4 I, I, four, I think surprised. they're on upset alert. Uh, who else plays? Oh, we got Alabama LSU. Interesting. Yeah, that would be tough. Hey, I ain't gonna say it. 
Aigo se. Aigo se. But but here's the thing. Here's the thing. Bama Bama's gonna win, obviously. Bama can't even struggle the rest of the year, bro. Like they, they have can't. To dominate. Yeah, they have to like dominate. Bama has to dominate the rest of the year. It's LSU who is a tough team right now, and it's a rivalry game, and you're playing at LSU. I think. Oh hell yeah, you're playing in Death Valley. I understand you're favored, but I understand the the way people could see an upset coming. But even if you win because you're Bama. You cannot struggle. You got to damn near blow LSU out. Because if you even show that you shaky against a top 15 team after losing a couple of weeks ago, they not letting <laughs> you in, bro. Nick Saban going to have to write a hell of now, a speech. I think they would still get in, in, though, bro. Because if they, beat, if they beat Georgia or Tennessee in an SEC championship game, that's what everybody is going to look at. They're going to be like, oh, they won the SEC, so they're going to get in. Like they always but they have could, a chance. They could still get dropped before that moment, bro. They could still mm. get dropped. Because what if TCU plays flawless and Alabama struggles against um LSU? TCU blows the team out by 30. Bama barely wins by three. You mean to tell me Bama's still gonna stay above TCU? Or are they gonna do the right thing yeah. and say TCU is the better team? No, bro, they gonna give it to Alabama, bro. You know how this shit go, bro. You know I, how this I, shit I go, go with the I'm SEC. Just saying. You know I how know that how that shit, shit go. go I'm just saying. You know how that saying. shit go. They gonna give it. They gonna give it to them, bro. They gonna give it to Alabama every time. If they win the SEC, they're gonna give it to Alabama. No matter how they play, they are gonna give it to them. So they can beat LSU because LSU still a top ten team. It ain't like you're going up yeah. against a unranked LSU team. If they were going up against the unranked LSU, well, it makes sense of like, oh yeah, okay, y'all niggas looking shaky. But a top ten LSU, they'll shoot them niggas some bail high key. But I would pick Alabama still. Yep, Wake Forest, NC State. Yeah, I would go with, I would go with, uh, I don't know. NC State, nah, I'll go with Wake Forest, I guess. Uh, Texas versus Kansas State. Kansas State got their ass dusted by TCU last week. 48, Hell shit. Yeah. That shit wasn't even close. And Texas is a two and a half point spread favorite on Nev- uh, Bavada. I got Texas. That ain't even close to me. Yeah, that Damn, my nigga Hero hit a game-winning three? Let me see this. He's for the good games. Bro, and let's actually let's move on to that shit, bro. Who do you who do you got with Wake Forest and NC State? Uh Wake Forest. And uh what was the other game I talked about? I think that was it. Alabama and Texas or Alabama and LSU. Uh I got Bama. And Texas and Kansas State. Uh is Texas fully healthy? Yeah, their quarterback they is back. Kansas State yeah. is not fully healthy, though, because they I, I don't know say, if uh, Adrian Martinez is going to play. Yeah, Quinn, you is back for Texas, so I, I like Texas for the upset. Yeah, I like Texas. All right, man, let's move on to NBA early season takeaways, dog. Edgar, what has been some of your biggest takeaways that you've seen over the first couple of weeks of the NBA season? Uh, the Cavs are letting everybody know, look, we ain't no fifth seed, no fourth seed. We the two seed right now. So the Cavs are punching people in their mouths and letting people know, hey, we here. We got playoff hopes. We got high aspirations. Um, So the Cavs are a huge takeaway. Uh, the Pelicans, I know I was making fun of the fact people were saying the Pelicans going to be ranked high. So I got to <laughs> I gotta give them their flowers right now. They're making great early season um uh performances right now. 
uh Ja playing like the MVP. I said he was gonna be uh Luca playing like another MVP candidate right now. So I, I got a I got a few good takeaways so far from the season. Bucks undefeated. I didn't know the Bucks were undefeated right now. So without Chris Bro. <laughs> and this is the yep. thing, they always look so good no matter who is playing, dog. But the fact that Chris Middleton is not playing and them niggas still on like on such a high level, high playing field. It's like, bro, these niggas. I said it's either gonna be the Celtics or the Bucks uh, in the Eastern Conference. How the Bucks playing right now with everything that's going down with the Celtics not having Eme, I might have to lean toward the Bucks, man. And honestly, I'm going to a Bucks game next week. I'm gonna be in Oklahoma next week. Mm. I'm going to OKC versus the Bucks. Well, you get to see Shy Gildress. Ooh, yes, sir. Gonna be tough. <laughs> yes, sir. I said I'm gonna go. I'm gonna that go there. Shit gonna be tough. That OKC experience. So I'm gonna see Giannis in person. My one of my biggest takeaways has been the Heat, even though they got the, a couple a, a couple W's over the last couple of games, they're not the same team. They they they're not it, bro. I know we had expectations of being a sixth seed and all that other bullshit. I know Spo was the best coach in the game, but this team just isn't it, man. This ain't the team from last year. Obviously, losing PJ was such a big deal, but you just don't get that same vibe from this team. The offense just doesn't move the same. I don't know if Tyler Hero, Hero being added to the offense has pushed them back in a way. They don't have as much ball movement. But early in the season, my Heat just haven't been looking as impressive as I thought they were going to look. I thought they were going to start the season off pretty hot. And also, the um the 76ers, if I had to say a letdown team right now, I'm, just, I'm not impressed with what I'm seeing from them. Uh, Efficiency-wise, like they're, I just don't like the way they're handling the ball when it comes to uh, offense. So the the 76ers are my biggest disappointment early season wise, but hopefully they turn it around. So and they and they honestly have the same problem with the Heat. I think the Heat will honestly get back right to winning games. Like I said, the last couple of games they've been playing pretty good against the uh the Warriors and the Kings, but I think the 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 Sixers have a real serious issue of like not enough player movement, not enough ball movement yeah. with all of the playmakers that they have on their team, bro. You got too much talent because every time Embiid plays with Harden, I feel like Maxi does not get enough touches. That ball should be moving on the offensive side of the ball, bro. It shouldn't just be a focus of just Embiid, oh, Harden, oh, y'all taking turns. Maxi has arrived. He showed over the past uh, three games. He's dropped 44. He's dropped 30. He's dropped 27 without Embiid playing. He has arrived. He's that guy. Let my nigga get more shots off. You still got a good player in Tobias Harris. You still got somebody in P.J. Tucker who can hit the three ball. They got to learn to move the ball more if they really want to see success come playoff time, bro. That taking turns with with uh, Embiid and Harden, that shit ain't going to work, bro. It's not. And they, they're leading the league right now in field goal percentage. They're shooting damn near 50% from the field. So it's not that they can't knock down shots, period. It's just the fact that they're not doing it as effectively as they as they should, and they're not moving as fluid as Quincy just said. So let Maxi get a lot more touches. Try to be more team oriented. I know you got the superstars of Harden and Embiid, but I need Harden to play like how he was with the Nets when he was really in like a point guard kind of mode. I just need mm-hmm. Harden to be that right now. We clearly see Maxi is the pure scorer at this point, and I think Harden can do a better job of just facilitating that. So once I see Philly's offense get a lot more fluid, I think I'll be more confident in them again. But right now, they they would be my biggest disappointment. And we seen a, a big situation that happened yesterday with Steve Nash getting fired and Ime Udoka uh, 
uh, supposedly getting hired, the GM yeah. for the, the Nets said that he hasn't formally decided on anybody, but all of the reports say that Ime Udoka will be the Nets coach of the Nets. We all seen this coming with Steve Nash. We knew that he wasn't that guy. It was a power struggle during the offseason between the KD trade and firing Steve Nash. Both of them ended up coming back. And seven games into the season, they're two and five. It looked like the same team. Honestly, they look worse. Have you seen the Nets? Bro, I watched yeah. their game yesterday against the fuck. Who did they play? They played the Bulls yesterday. When I tell you, Kyrie looked so fucking disinterested. And it was, it really felt like, it really felt like they gave the ball to KD and it was just like, nobody moved at all. It was like, KD saved me offense. It's like, is this OKC or what? I thought y'all niggas had talent on this team. Niggas was just standing around looking at KD. I said, KD, that's why KD wanted to get traded. You niggas ain't even helping them. All this talent on this team and nobody is stepping up to the plate, bro. That shit is crazy. Ben Simmons doing that same old bullshit. Kyrie looks disinterested. KD doing what he can. But somebody got to light a fire in this team's ass, bro. And I think Ime Udoka can do that. But damn, they got to get over themselves, bro. None, none of the players are those type of leaders. Ben Simmons exactly. is clearly not a leader. Kyrie, we we don't know what the fuck Kyrie is. Like I, I, <laughs> I don't know what he is. I'm not going to say Kyrie isn't a leader, but he's not an effective leader at the fuck off. And KD, yeah. we know KD just likes to go with the flow, and he just likes to hoop. He doesn't like to be the person that hoops and also gets everybody on their shit. KD is mm-hmm. just not that person. Everybody yeah. ain't meant to be that person. So mm-hmm. to your point, Ime Udoka, if he is hired, he has to be that person to, to ignite the team because clearly these three big name players, none of them are able to do that. So two and five, bro? Two with this team? I ain't gonna two and lie. five with a healthy KD. I, I can't accept that's that. crazy accept that. with this team. With Seth Curry, all them back. With Seth Curry, with Joe Harris, with... I know they've been on and off playing recently, but you still got Kyrie, Ben Simmons, Claxton, all them boys. And y'all two and five. They ain't been playing no real teams either. These niggas playing the Pacers, the Bulls. Uh, they played the Thunder, I think. Like, these niggas ain't playing no real teams, and they still losing. Like, this ain't good, bro. Somebody got to light a fire under this team, bro. Hopefully, Udoka does it. But this is a big pickup. It is. A huge, and how do you feel about that whole situation that's going down? Obviously, he was just suspended by the Celtics for a year. So how do you think that would go down, him just being turned around to be the next head coach? Uh, I was surprised, like, he's not facing any repercussions. Like, I thought there was going to be something that he was going to be responsible for or uh, under investigation about or whatever. But they were like, no, you just go. We just don't want anything to do with you. <laughs> and then you literally get picked up like a few weeks after, which was yeah. wild as hell with no repercussions from what we know so far. So mm-hmm. I thought that was crazy. It wasn't crazy to hear he got another coaching job because he did fantastic last season. Somebody was going to get him if possible. It's just the fact that I didn't see him going with no type of repercussions. And I'm surprised that they're not really asking for any compensation for them. I heard that the 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 Celtics will just let him go to Brooklyn. They yeah. wouldn't have to trade at all. They're not asking for a first round pick for him. They just saying like, yeah, you can just go, because this wasn't a real NBA issue. So I understand why he's not right. suspended and doesn't have to face any consequences from the league because it was something that was really just handled internally by the Celtics because of that whole situation that went down. So outside of that, nobody really cares i guess as much as they do about it so he can go to the nets but this was a big reason why they didn't want to fire him i thought 
I thought they didn't want to fire him because they didn't want him to go somewhere else and help another lift another team up to eventually beat you. So I thought that was the whole point of suspending him, not firing him. So to see him still go to a team while suspended, it doesn't make sense from the Celtics perspective, especially when you're not asking for any compensation. I, I, I just don't yeah. Know. <laughs> so it's just weird from that perspective. But hey, at least he gets to go to the Nets, man. You got they got talent. He just got to light a fighter in their ass, bro. He got to be that leader for him because ain't nobody on the goddamn floor for him. That shit is say, embarrassing. I don't know. I don't know. They the biggest work, disappointments, but... <laughs> bro. The biggest disappointments of this season for sure. Let me see. What are some other teams I would say? The Spurs are five and two, surprisingly. I don't know how. Yeah. The Warriors are three and five. The Clippers are. And let's talk about Kawhi real quick, bro. I want to talk about Kawhi. Yeah. Yeah. Kawhi might be cooked, bro. Kawhi might be cooked. He played the first couple of games in really limited action, but he has not played, honestly, in these past couple of weeks, bro. And they honestly don't look good without him, honestly. And it's just like, when are we going to see Kawhi? And is Kawhi that guy? And is that left knee done for? Because the whole the whole conversation is they're trying to they're trying to ease him back into it. Bro ain't played in like what a year and a half. Like that's what, what I'm saying. Right like, <laughs> that's my point. Are, I'm like, what are you easing him? He needs to be playing basketball. Like you should have been training full speed this entire offseason. Like because you've had a year and a half, a year plus basically to take it easy. You know, transition slowly back into it. But the last two to three months, right before the season started, you should have been doing full speed practices. You should have had your cuts down with your body turning and everything so you could feel how your knee feels jerking and everything. And then breaking into the season, we we, we need to be talking about right now, we should have had a conversation about four to five 30-point games from Kawhi right now. But instead, we're talking about the fact that he might not be that good anymore. <laughs> like, so I and it's crazy know. because when he played, he looked all right. He wasn't, I didn't see any limp, but it's just the fact that he's missed the past six games. He played the first couple, like I said, in very limited action. Like it was only like 15 minutes or something like that. But it's the fact that he's missed the last six games when he should be playing more. Even though he's getting back from uh, over a knee injury, he should still be playing to get accustomed to the game speed, how to get his cuts. Because you're not going to get all of that down in the offseason. You have to be playing yeah. a real NBA action to get that down. So I don't know if they're just being extra cautious with him or if something is seriously wrong with that knee that he has to sit out this much time between games. So I don't know, bro. I'm, I'm worried about Kawhi, bro. I'm seriously worried about Kawhi and them Clippers. Because they were like a lot of people's favorite going into the season. Everybody was saying, Clippers or the Warriors. Yeah. (laughs) And so it's the fact that them boys and the Warriors ain't looking that great either. Warriors going to get back, though. Let's move on to Two Wild Wednesday. What you got for this week? Uh, My first one, which 500 team has the best chance to make the playoffs? The Falcons or the Bengals? They're both sitting at four and four. The Falcons. I would say the Falcons because they're going to win their division, bro. I don't think the Bucs are going to turn things around this season. I think this team is what it is. Unless I see something big happen with the coaching change and Arians lights a fire in their ass, I think the Bucs are the Bucs this year. I think a lot of uh, that divorce 
is really starting to bleed into the season for Brady. I think that's starting to impact him. The offense isn't looking the same. And it's not, honestly, it's not just Brady. A lot of people on this offense, like you were stating earlier, Mike Evans isn't uh, catching the ball like he usually is with the sure hands. Uh, the injuries of Chris Godwin, Julio Jones, who you expecting something out of, and he's giving you nothing. So I think I would say the Falcons because of that reason, because the Panthers are tanking. And who is the other team? The Saints, Thanks. the Saints ain't going to do anything. So, yeah, I say the Falcons. They're going to win their division. Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if both of them make it, but I'm more confident in the Falcons. Mm. Okay, I, I'm not going with Atlanta. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm See, you going, not see, doing, you're doing it, this because you don't I'm fuck with Atlanta, bro. It. Be real I'm right not now, doing it, bro. Be real. I'm right being now. real. It will let you down the moment you try to have some type of faith in these niggas. I'm going with the Bengals. The Bengals will make it as a wild card spot. I don't see Atlanta being the leader in this division for too much longer. Even if this ends up being a terrible-ass division by the end of the season, as far as wins and losses, I don't see Atlanta being the team to win. So I got the Bengals. Bengals going to get that wild card spot. Because they said the last time a team under 500 won a division, it was the NFC South. It was yep. the year where Cam, Cam, I remember Cam ended up going to the playoffs that year, and we ended up winning a game that season. I think we ended up beating yep. the Cardinals or something because their quarterback got hurt. So, hey, it's still a possibility that the, the, the Falcons could get to the playoffs and actually win a game. It's a, it's a possibility. <laughs> <laughs> it's a possibility in there. But, uh, yeah, I would say Falcons, bro. But uh, what's the next one? Uh. We had talked about this earlier, but the Minnesota Vikings will get to the Super Bowl. Too wild or not too wild? That's not too wild, bro. And you know how I feel I, about Kirk, man. I don't even fuck with that nigga, but too hey, wild. it's too many weapons, bro. <laughs> he got too many weapons. But like I said, dog, a lot of pressure has to be put on Kirk Cousins, dog. You had all of them excuses in Washington. You had all of them excuses before of, oh, the defense wasn't good enough. Oh, I got hurt. Oh, my offensive line ain't good. Oh, nah, bro. None of that shit should be coming out your mouth. Your offensive line is solid. You got a great-ass running back. You got a two great-ass wide receivers. And now you got a great-ass tight end. It's on you, Kirk. You got and no excuses. And the play excuses. calling is solid. The play yeah. calling is You got no them, excuses, Kirk. You better make it shit. And y'all 5-2 and two right now. Yep. <laughs> Who else is in your way other than the Eagles? Y'all niggas y'all better make some Aaron Rodgers in the division. Like, yeah. it, it's all, it's y'all's to lose at this point. I told you. Yeah, bro. You got to make a shake. Not too wild at all, dog. Not too wild. I agree. Not too wild. And my last one, Dwight Howard will be in a Warriors uniform by midseason. He was on uh, Club Shay Shay with Shannon Sharp. And that. Shannon had asked him how he felt about not being on an NBA team, period, right now. And Dwight was letting the shit off his chest. He was like, he felt disrespected by not being on the top NBA 75, which we all know he was probably the biggest snub off of that list. And he just feels disrespected because right now he feels he's in the best shape of his whole career. He's ready to play. He's willing to do whatever role is given to him. And he said the Warriors was a team he was looking at. If you look at the Warriors right now, they could use an extra rim protector in Dwight Howard. So I say not too wild that we could possibly see him in a Warriors uniform by midseason. Damn, bro. I would say... Not too wild. Not too wild. I think he could be in a uniform. Does he play for them, though? I think they need him, honestly, in like a team like a Brooklyn. I think needs him a little bit more. Mm. I wouldn't be mad if somebody like Miami, because Miami needs size, bro. 
Like, I know we got Deadman, but Deadman's minutes honestly haven't been that great. I wouldn't be mad if they threw their name in the ring for uh, Dwight Howard. But he can be used on a lot of these teams, though. Like, a lot of these teams just don't need a, a Dwight Howard. They need a Dwight Howard on their team. And I think he should be getting way more respect than he is getting. So I agree with yeah, you. I, and I agree that he's in the best shape that he's ever been in his whole career because not only is he still athletic, but he's a lot more skilled than he's ever been in his career. He's not, a, he's still not a great shooter, but his back to the basket game is still crazy. He's a great defender still right now, and he can knock down key layups. He can knock down key 10 footers. So he's solid enough to come up off the bench and be a leader in your second unit. So mm-hmm. I think the Warriors could gain a lot by getting him. You could still start Wiseman, um, obviously. But having mm-hmm. Dwight come off the bench to just keep things afloat while Curry or Clay is on the bench and Draymond's out there, I feel like that's perfect. Yeah, I would like that. I would like that. I wouldn't be mad at it. And moving forward, I got one more for this one. Who has been the better quarterback this season? Jalen Hurts or Tua Tungvaluwa? And let's think about this now. When Tua, when Tua has played... That nigga has been looking elite. So let's think about this for a second now. I know we just gonna jump onto the assumption Jalen Hurts, but quarterbacking with these weapons, two have been making it shake, my boy. He he been making it shake. I ain't I ain't gonna take that away from him because I gave the prediction before the season started that he would be what top five in passing yards. I don't know if he is right now, but I excuse me, I made a prediction that he would be top five in passing. But I think the impact that Jalen Hurts is having and the improvement that we've seen Jalen Hurts have in his career up to now is clearly Jalen Hurts. Like, it, it, I don't even think it's close. No disrespect to Whoa. Tua, but they on, they on two different levels right now. Because if you had to pick right now, if you had to pick right now, would you pick Tua over Jalen Hurts? If you had to pick right now. That's a t- it's not easy, bro. It's it not easy. Me, I think I think it's honestly, me. this is what this is what I would say. This is what I would say. I think and both Jayla of these Hurst quarterbacks injury prone. Hurts ain't injury prone. That's either. true, and that's something. That's why you can honestly give it to him for that reason as well. But I think both of these quarterbacks are honestly on the right team for their skill set. I think right. Tua is in the perfect position for his skill set, and I think Hurts with his dual threat abilities on the perfect team for that. So I, I think if you switch the, the teams for these quarterbacks, I think both of these teams will be in worse positions than what they are right now. But I think they're in perfect position for themselves. Jalen Hurts is having a better season, so I would give it to Hurts. But I don't think it's just the easy, oh, Hurts over Tua. Because Tua been looking like that dude over the, I'm telling you, he been he hurt did. a couple games, but Tua yeah. been looking like that guy, though, bro. He been looking like that nigga. And he's definitely been looking better than your boy, too. Ooh. You wanna you wanna talk about it? And nigga, that nigga Herbert, he definitely been looking at better than that nigga. Oh Curry. yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah. I can't say nothing about that right now. Yeah, cause y'all throw y'all throw my nigga Tua to the side last year. Like, oh yeah, Herbert, fuck that nigga Tua. It's all about Herbert. Nah, nah, nigga Tua like that. Nah, nah, we definitely had a reason. Herbert was snapping last. He year. was, he, he was. Like he wasn't. He was, but now my nigga has the weapons now, and that nigga Herbert is <laughs> doing Herbert things. Herbert is still having a good season. I don't want to make it seem like Herbert isn't having a good season. I think he still has 12 touchdowns, four interceptions, still having a good season. But Tua is just looking like that dude. Just got to stay healthy. I think that's the biggest concern with Tua. 
But moving forward to entertainment and current events is Kanye dropped by Adidas, Balenciaga, etc. for anti-Semitic comments. Yeah, man. So Ye was on some Ye shit again. I know we we had just we said we weren't even gonna really talk about Kanye no more. And here we we're are. not gonna talk about this for long. long. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, he was dropped by Adidas. Uh, I want to say Foot Locker said they're taking... I didn't even know Foot Locker had Yeezys in them, but apparently not the Foot Lockers we go into. But <laughs> Foot Locker said they're no longer selling Yeezys. Uh, I think Gap might have ended yep. uh, their relationship with him. So he's, he's had a lot of big deals that we know Kanye to be a part of to just drop right now because of the anti-Semitic comments, anti-Jewish comments, basically, that he made. Uh, on the Drink Champs interview and just throughout posts that he's made on social media. And Kyrie is even kind of hopped on the bandwagon because Kyrie posted on his Instagram, I think he was reading a book or watching a movie or something that was anti-Semitic by a lot of Jewish people's standards. So I don't even know what to say right now. I mean, Kanye makes a lot of great points of how a lot of elite Jewish people keep entertainers and what did Kanye say though what did Kanye say though like a quote I ain't got no quote verbatim off of because this I think I heard what he said he basically dared Adidas to drop him because I think I heard what he said because he said I can say uh, anti-semitic things and Adidas can't drop me is that the anti-semitic thing that he said because I no 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 I think he literally said like anti-semitic shit i, oh, I wish did. i would okay him. i wish i would have grabbed a quote it was the defcon 3 shit there we go that's what it was the defcon 3 shit he was saying against um jewish people remember mm, he was tweeting that okay okay got you that that's that's literally like if let's say elon Musk tweeted i'm gonna go defcon 3 on black people you know we happen on elon head. <laughs> so i i can't be surprised if mm. jewish people at least white jewish people are doing the same thing to kanye I mean, gotcha. I get it. Black people face racism, obviously, way more, if not all the time, compared to white people. But you can't go out and say racist things to a specific group. Hold of on, though, because that's the point I wanted to dive into. That. That's the point I wanted to dive into because Kanye says the anti-Semitic shit, he gets dropped by everybody. Most people know Jewish people are the richest people in the world. They honestly run mm-hmm. everything, if we be being right. honest. But Kanye has been on an anti-black tour for a long time talking oh, out yeah, against the black nobody community. Dropped him. And yep. nobody dropped him when he was talking against the black community. But as soon as he says some shit about DEFCON against the Jews, man, everybody drops him. The Adidas, Balenciaga, Foot Locker, Gap. I mean, even his company with uh, Donda Academy, I mean, even they got took out of a couple of tournaments. Uh, the basketball team got took out of a, 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 yep. a couple of tournaments. And a couple of players had signed to Donda Sports, his uh, agency, and they ended up leaving. I think Jalen mm-hmm. Brown Jaylen and Aaron Brown. Donald signed. Mm-hmm. And Aaron Donald were signed to his company, and they ended up leaving over the anti-Semitic shit. But Jalen Brown, Aaron Donald, why didn't y'all leave when he was speaking that anti-black shit? When he just said it two weeks before the anti-Semitic shit. He was just talking this shit against black folks, against George Ford and all that shit. Did we forget about that? Do nobody care? But as soon as he talks about anti-Semitic shit, he gets dropped. I understand they run the world, but that shit just is so funny to me 
how it's just a double standard, dog. And and, that, and that's why I say, like, I don't want to sit here and just make it sound like Kanye just never knows what he's talking about. It's just I refuse to give him my attention anymore because he says so much out of pocket shit. But um, he he has a point with what he's trying to prove and all that. I don't think he's trying to be a voice for black people necessarily. How a lot of black people are just rallying behind Kanye because there's so many people talking about y'all don't get what he really doing and this and that. No, we fully understand what the yeah. nigga is doing. We're just tired. We're mentally tired of dealing with this nigga. That's the only thing. Like we we really don't care. Mm-hmm. And um, but I, I get his point though of trying to fight the system for artistry for black people, I guess, even though Kanye loves being pro-black whenever it just like, it suits him. When, Whatever it suits him, that's when he's very pro-black. So right now, Kanye is probably being very pro-black. But <laughs> I, I don't know. There, there are certain things I understand and get that he's doing, and then there's other things that I'm like, I really don't give a fuck because you've proven to test the loyalty of black yeah. time and time again. So Yeah, the biggest point of this Kanye getting dropped thing, it honestly wasn't Kanye. It was just the, we seeing it right in front of our face, the duality and how black people are treated in somebody else, if it was Jewish or if it was some racist comments against white people, how people react to that, how these companies react to it. He's been talking about that anti-black shit for years, bro. Whether Mm -hmm. slavery was a choice, white lives matter, all this other shit that just came out recently too. And nobody gave a fuck. And then as soon as he says this, boom, he gets dropped. And he was a billionaire before all of this happened. I think Adidas took a $250 million hit by dropping him because Yeezy's sold almost 70% of Adidas' stock. It was such a big part of the company. So they're losing so much money by dropping him, but they had to separate themselves from the from, from Kanye, from such a, a mercurial, mercurial personality. So, But but I, I think Adidas will be fine. And we, we've had will a conversation. They? Adidas will be fine. Like, I think, yes, that, that is a huge hit, losing Kanye and losing Yeezy, because we've had the conversation before that Kanye revolutionized Adidas. Like Adidas was on a on a tier well below Nike. There was even below Reebok and other people at some point. Like Adidas was just in a real pit before Kanye came and said, "We're gonna put this Yeezy brand with y'all, and we're gonna blow this shit up." So mm-hmm. Kanye did re-revolutionize Adidas. The same way that it's as popular as it is now because of him is how the same way it was back in the day with Run DMC when Adidas first really broke the scene. Now that he's gone, it's a huge hit, yes, but they're still Adidas. They got to deal with Beyonce. Like, you got Beyonce. Beyonce ain't selling no sneaks. She don't got no designs like that nigga Ye, though. She's keeping them relevant because she's giving shit to rich people. Adidas (laughs) will be fine. Like, (laughs) As long as you got rich people buying your shit, you will be fine. Is it a huge loss? Yes. Nobody ever, like, no company ever likes to lose hundreds of millions of dollars. But to sit here and say Adidas is just completely irrelevant, no, they'll still have athletes signed to them. They'll still Where have to Where were deal they with before Beyonce. Kanye came, though, bro? Where were they? They were in a pit. I told you. They were in a pit. So where yeah. you think they ain't finna go from now? They ain't finna go it's up. Still, it still checks over stripes. Even when Yeezy um Jeez. shit with Adidas, hey, it's still Nike. Oh, yeah, for sure, Nike over them. But I'm saying they're going to continuously go down without Ye. But this is the thing about this whole Ye situation and them being dropped and him being dropped. They still get to keep the designs of the Yeezy. Yeah, and that's they just 
they can't they just don't have to use the name of Yeezy, so they can have the same silhouette or whatever, the same shoe. They just don't have to have that YZY on them, and they can still sell them. So niggas can buy the bootleg shit, and Adidas can still make money off of that, basically. And we see those shoes in uh pack room shoes, all them bootleg ass stores. You're gonna see some already some bootleg Yeezys. So they're basically gonna do that now. So they're still they can still make money off Kanye. Yeah, and, and that's wild. That's something I don't agree with when it comes to that. So he does have a point with that. But overall, we've said it before, y'all. We, we're just tired of all this Kanye shit, honestly. If he does anything that helps us, okay, cool. But I ain't looking to Kanye no more to be a voice for the people or whatever. Like, that time has passed. So Yeah. And are y'all still looking for a Kanye album at this point? Are y'all no. tired of hearing this nigga? <laughs> like, for real, he dropped a great album at Donda, but... With him having the Donda 2 hype, are y'all really ready to listen to this shit after what he just gone through? I'm staring here. He already hearing... dropped Donda 2, I think. It's Did on it? that stem player shit. He only oh. dropped it on the stem player. Oh, I didn't even so know. So if you if you if you don't have a stem player, I don't think you you're getting Donda 2, I don't think. Oh. Well, are y'all just ready for Kanye music after this shit? Like I just feel like you will be tired of the shit up past now. I feel like you can still go back to his old shit and still funk to his old shit, but just everything that's going down moving forward, I don't know if you can rock with Kanye the same way you did, bro. That shit, I don't know. Something, it's something weird about this shit, man. I don't know if you can even fuck with the music the same no more because you know what he's spewing on the outside. But like you said before, Kyrie is back in the headlines for some anti-Semitic shit. You basically said everything before with him reading a book or something. It was about some Hebrew shit, some Israelite shit, something like that. But it had a lot of uh, xenophobia, a lot of racism, a lot of anti-Semitic shit that they were talking about during that film. But I didn't understand the criticism for Kyrie for this reason. Because we know Kyrie for posting shit like this already. So yes. I don't think Kyrie had the knowledge of, oh, this is some anti-Semitic shit. I'm dropping this knowing it's anti-Semitic. We know that he's really spiritual, somebody deep in his faith. He's somebody who always speaks about the Israelites and how people, black people came from Israel. We know that Kyrie regularly talks about this. So I don't think he dropped it with the knowledge of I'm dropping some anti-Semitic shit. I think he really dropped it of like, I'm trying to push knowledge to more people and people just took it the wrong way. People just said, oh, anti-Semitic. Oh, that's anti-Semitic shit. And now Kyrie is getting all this heat on him when mm-hmm. I don't think that was the true intention of what he really put the video out for. And that's why it's weird how people are spinning it right now. Yeah, I don't, I don't think he did that on purpose, but it's Kyrie. Kyrie is one of them everybody loves to point a finger at now. So anything that he does that can be used negatively, they're going to talk about it. Uh, like you said, he probably genuinely just posted that because he was just being Kyrie one day and just posted the shit. Yeah. And now he wake up and he like, oh shit, I'm in some more shit. Like, <laughs> bro, but I'm, he, I'm, okay. he just dropped the joint statement. Him and the Brooklyn Nets, they dropped the joint statement, and I think they were saying they're they're not anti-Semitic or whatever. They were just trying to push knowledge, and I think they're gonna be donating money to yeah, um, like non-hate crime um organizations yeah. and stuff like that. So. And I think, and I love the point that you made earlier of it's about the medium. It, it depends on where the information comes from. Everybody looks at Kyrie, oh, that's that guy. He always has something ignorant to say. Oh, he doesn't know what he's talking about, this, that, and the third. Like, I heard Shaq and Chuck calling him an idiot 
on yep. inside the NBA. Like, what makes him an idiot for dropping that without the knowledge of knowing, oh, it's anti-Semitic? Like, if I would have dropped that, would I have been called labeled an anti-Semitic for that shit? Or is it just because Kyrie dropped it and he's such a high-profile name and people love to say, oh, he's the ignorant guy that everybody is piling on him? Chuck say Chuck say idiot shit all the damn But I'm time, saying, like, so the fact that y'all it. calling him such a... But they, like you said, they've been talking about Kyrie for a long time, calling him an idiot. Yeah. But the fact that they're piling on him for this, it's just like, damn, I feel like y'all just trying to rag on this man for no reason, for real. Yeah, because he's not doing anything to hurt anybody. Like, yeah. outside of outside of whatever stuff he does, his play on the team or affects his loyalty to consistently playing with his teammates, outside of criticism for that, Kyrie doesn't do anything wrong. He's just not the normal athlete that we're used to seeing. Whether it's the quiet athlete we don't hear much from or the athlete that everybody loves because they're just amazing at everything they do personality-wise. And this shows you how America turns against people that don't think the same as everybody else. Yep. Kyrie is a free thinker, somebody who doesn't go along with what everybody else thinks. He goes, honestly, against the grain, and everybody rags on him for it. Yeah, he thinks the earth is flat. Who gives a fuck? As long if that's what he believes, that's what he believes. Everybody, everybody say, rags on him them. for it. <laughs> everybody calls him ignorant for the shit that he says. But y'all just mad because he believes what he believes, and he's confident in what he believes. Is that a bad thing for having your own mind and believing what you believe? For posting this type of thing when we know that he believes in the black Israelites and stuff like that? Y'all just want to rag on him for being somebody who thinks differently than you. That's why everybody is getting on his head. And it just shows you Kyrie is a prime example on how people hate free thinking, bro. They hate it. And that's what that's what aggravates me the most about people that rag on Kyrie, bro. Yeah, you could talk about his uh on the court, but off the court shit, he gets too much, he gets too much flat, bro. Way too much for mine. Got Dan Schneider is selling the Washington football team or the Washington Commanders. Uh, we've seen him in a number of headlines over the past couple of years for sexual assault, sexual harassment, uh, in the workplace. So I'm not surprised by any means that he has to sell the team. I'm hearing that Bezos could be somebody who tries to get the, the Washington, but it was just something that had to happen, bro. Schneider was been a scumbag for a long time, so it's been about that time. I don't. I don't know if I want Jeff Be Jeff Bezos trying to have his hands in every damn everything, thing. bro. Oh my! He got God. the money too, bro. He got the money. I mean, I, mean I ain't mad at him. Shit, if I was a billionaire, <laughs> one of the richest people in the world, I'm trying to get my hands on everything too. So facts, might as well. Moving on, we got Brittany Griner began her nine year sentence. I think a week or two ago, which is crazy because she's still over in Russia, still wrongfully detained. And it's nothing that we can do at this point. I thought Joe Biden was actually trying to get her back. Wasn't they having conversations of a trade? What happened to that? Yeah, that shit. That shit in the water. Joe forgot about her ass. Joe, it, it Joe tried for like two days. It ain't funny, but Joe really <laughs> forgot about her ass, though. Joe tried for like two days, and he was like, all right, I guess we just, this ain't finna work. So. Hey, these, niggas don't know, <laughs> these niggas trying to play hard to get. Fuck it, my nigga. You got to stay over there for a minute. But nine years, dog? That's crazy. In Russia? That's nuts, bro. But again, oh, bro, I really just think it's because of who she is. If she was somebody with a much bigger name, Joe Biden or the U.S. in general, we would have we would have found a way, bro. We would have found a way to get that Facts. pussy back. Because let this be somebody. Let's say it was Halle Berry. 
You don't think niggas ain't finna try? Boy, I, niggas are getting We would have went <laughs> over ourselves to get Hallie back. I'm telling you how far we would have went for bitches like that. We, I swear Bro, to God, we just, just think of some big name people. They ain't even got the people who famous right now, but just big names that you like, yeah. That person with me in that situation long. We would have got them out ourselves. Yeah. Niggas I told you before. <laughs> Brian, I want to go over there with a damn AK around my chest with an assault rifle around my chest. We getting brought back, my nigga. We better get my nigga out. He do too much. That nigga impact too long. Oh, and lose that nigga to the streets of Russia, my nigga. Let somebody like uh Tyler Perry or somebody like that get caught. Man, shit. Oprah gonna go find a way Tyler. to get her niggas back. <laughs> That's facts, man. That shit crazy, man. Definitely uh prayers to Britney Grider. Hopefully, I don't know. Can she get out of this situation anymore? I've man, I, it's been it's been going on for so long. I'm not even staying updated with the information. I just seen this pop across my timeline, and it's just crazy to see, bro. We tried. Uh, with all the awareness and stuff like that, with the outreach, and she's still over there. Moving on, we got movie and show news. Got some news about James Gunn is exclusively signed to DC Movies as the CEO. He has been somebody who has played a big role in uh, building up the Marvel Cinematic Universe with, uh, what is he in? What's the one? Guardians of the Galaxy. The Guardians of the Galaxy movies. So do you think James Gunn can really rebuild the DC Universe? Uh, they have a strong chance. I'll say that, uh, because we, we talked about it a few weeks ago. They're going to basically restart their whole universe again. Um, so all the shit that we watched, like Dawn of Justice, Justice League and all that, all that is basically scrapped at this point. The Suicide Squad movies, all that scrapped. They're going to start over. I think James Gunn is a great person because he can bring that Marvel feel to dc and i don't think there's nothing wrong with that if you're a dc fan you see the marvel formula is working even with the shit that ain't that good with marvel it's better than a lot of dc shit so i i will not be mad at all if i'm watching some dc movies or shows and i'm like damn this remind me of marvel but that can be good in so many ways so i think james gunn is gonna bring a feel to dc that hasn't been there before and honestly i think that's an issue bro you cannot have it be the same as marvel bro I think how they had it before being dark, I think that's the direction they should go in. Oh, no, they, in. it could be dark. I just meant like the production and the, the actual quality of the shit that we're watching. Oh, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. But you have yeah. to separate yourself from You can't be with the same old jokey shit that Marvel be on, bro. You oh, have no, no, to no, separate no, yourselves no. in terms yeah. of being distinct. I think DC mm -hmm. has chosen that dark path. I think that's something that you should stick with. The quality of movies just have to go up and they just have to make sense and not just be garbage quality wise. Like, the, the, like you did good with Wonder Woman 1 and then Wonder Woman 2 was ass. Like the consistency of your movies just has to improve. But the theme of them is on the right track of it being dark, like Batman. If you could give us the quality of like what we've been seeing with the Batman or uh, even the Batman with uh, Ben Affleck was dark. He was killing niggas. Like, you have to still separate yourself from Marvel. And I think being dark is still the way. I think James Gunn maybe can do that. But we know him for just, like, that jokey shit, though. Like, even with Suicide Squad, he was a producer for that. Or he wrote the movie. And Suicide Squad was still with that jokey shit. So I'm like, can he really be a CEO for something that wants to go down the dark path? I have a question about that. I hope so. Shit. Hey, hopefully they separate themselves. Moving on. 
We got a Green Lantern series being uh, developed around Jon Stewart, who is a black Green Lantern. So that should be something dope. Edgar, do you know about Jon Stewart? Not really, huh? So I don't know about him either. But HBO Max is coming out with his show. Series going to be redeveloped and will now focus on Jon Stewart. I'm interested because we do not know him. That's why I'm so interested in him now. Because I know about the Green Lantern that we've been shown, the white one, the Will Hater or... Well, I've seen the Black Green Lantern too. I've seen the Black Green Lantern. I like have. In, uh, uh, I thought, but you be watching animated DC shit. You never seen like a Black Green oh, Lantern? Oh no, 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 no. I've seen that, but I mean like live action. Apparently, I think oh, oh live, live action. action? No, no, we we've never seen live action Black Green Lantern. Yeah, no. and I don't watch too much of that DC animation. I more so watch the live shit more so, and I only really keep it in mm. Batman. So I like, don't have DC. Two- I've, I fuck with the, the animated DC stuff. Oh, like, for DC sure. DC is perfect. When it comes to animated shows, animated they fire. Because I, I keep up with the, the Batman portion of it. The Justice League, I don't really more so keep up with that. But I'm just glad it's a black dude because the only live action representation we've had was what that... uh That Ryan Reynolds. Ryan did. Reynolds jump. Yeah. So we need another one, bro. We need another one. Something that can really put Green Lantern back into a good light. And uh, moving on, we got... Lapita Nyong'o will star in a Quiet Place spinoff. So let me have this get pulled up. Because that's very interesting, bro. Very interesting. So you already know me and Edgar are big fans of The Quiet Place. Apparently, they're coming out with a spinoff film that will be called A Quiet Day or A Quiet Place Day One. It releases March 8th, 2024. Uh, I don't think Krasinski will be in it. I think it's going to be completely on a new family, and that's why we're going to have Lapita Nyong'o really be the star of this uh, film. So, Edgar, how do you feel about this? I'm excited for it because mm-hmm. we we got to see what day one was like when the aliens first arrived in A Quiet Place 2, but now mm-hmm. we're going to see it with a different family, and we're going to see a full movie of what day one was like. We just got bits and pieces of um the memory like a flashback yeah it was like some flashback shit but no we're gonna see a full-blown movie of what day one was like with that shit and they could they could have like two to three more movies with the spinoff that they do so i I love it and lupita that's fire that's a fireman character right there anybody else that they have where i hope they come with great supporting actors and actresses Mm -hmm. but they got a great lead in lupita this shit gonna be fire, bro. This gonna be another fire film. I'm yeah. telling you, the A Quiet Place might go down as one of the it's best. One of the movies. best series, bro. That's what I'm saying. The For first real. two was fire. Ten out of ten and, films, bro. And we gonna get a third one. I think we gonna get a third one, right? This is the third because one. The way, the way. Oh, so damn. Well, we ain't get to see what happened um after the second one. They already doing the spinoff. They gonna do yeah, a spinoff. They said March 2024. We're gonna get this one. So I'm assuming this is going to be the next movie. March 8, 2024. Ah, see, but I thought they were going to give us a third one because of the way the second one ended. And then I thought this would be like after that one. Mm, either way, it's going to be fire. It's going to be yeah. fire, though. And I'm glad we're, we're taking the, the, the light off of Krasinski and Emily Blunt, even though they were great in what they were doing. Yeah. I'm glad that we have to show uh, another family you know what I'm saying? What they what who else was like uh being affected by this? I think that was gonna be some dope shit, bro. Ooh, like you said, if, we got a little snippet of it, but we didn't get it everything. We didn't get everything. What if with the spinoff they still somehow tie that shit back to the first two? Like towards the end of the movie. 
type shit. Oh, you mean like Krasinski them meet up or something? Yeah, or some. Oh, shit meet like up that. with with Lapita. I don't know. I would like it depends them not on to what be the storyline is. Yeah, yeah it, I would it, like it them not the to be in it. Because what happened in the first one? The first one was um. The first one was we were just seeing that everyday life of them like two years after the the shit. Not even yeah. two years, like a year a year after the um the attack happened. Yeah, but we see it in a flashback that my man Krasinski and his daughter ended up riding off. I'm assuming that in this movie, this is going to happen in that town. They're going to still be in that town mostly. It's not a lot of places to run. It's going to be more so contained than what we've seen in Quiet Place 1 and Quiet Place 2 where they were in like the the jungle or they were in the forest and then Quiet Place 1, they were like walking around in different states. I think it's going to be more so contained in that town where the, the aliens or the monsters just got there. I low-key would like it more if they did a totally different town. Like, if we got to see it in a way more busy... There we go. city environment, Yes, bro? sir. Because it didn't just what affect it, that town. It didn't just affect yeah. that town. Yeah. What if it's like in, in New York or some shit? A busy-ass, loud-ass city, bro. Like, a place where it's damn near impossible to be quiet sometimes. Like, bro, oh. that'd be wild, bro. Or L.A. or some shit. Like, it's going to be there. It's going to be there. I agree with that, bro. It's going to be someplace decent, for sure. So, so, it's definitely going to be some new decent. big city type shit. Because we got the small country town exactly. and all that with the first two movies. But nah, if we get some city shit, that shit would be fire. That shit will be fire. Because it will be harder to stay. I like the idea. Yeah. I like the idea. I like the idea. Moving on to the next movie and show news. We got Arkham Asylum series, which is another Batman spinoff, is in the works. So apparently, I want to pull up the article, not the article, but the the bookmark that I have for this on Twitter before I dive into it. So it says, Antonio Campos will reportedly direct and serve as a showrunner for the Batman spinoff series about Arkham Asylum. But we've heard about so many spinoffs. We heard about the, the Penguin one. It's going to be the Arkham Asylum one. We heard about a, a Harley Quinn one, possibly. And we're hearing about more spinoffs about, damn, it's a one more, bro. Damn. Who else was in that movie? I heard, I heard that we're going to get background on Falcone. That's going to be another spinoff. Even so we're getting... Died. But we're going to get background. So they're going to go back to when uh, his moms went crazy, when Bruce Wayne's mom went crazy, and how Falcone yeah. really became, like, the leader for, like, those 20 years where they said he was really the one running shit. True. They said True. it could be a, a spinoff over that. But I wanted to ask you, are too many spinoffs a bad thing because it, it saturates the, the film that we uh, potentially get, the second one? I, I would say too many spinoffs can be a bad thing if you're trying to... We, we don't know what the foundation of DC is right now. So the fact that we're finding out about all these possible spinoffs when it's like we only got one or two movies for real that are solid enough to really get all of these spinoffs started with, is that's where I'm like, mm, I don't know if we need that right now. Because, granted, this is a whole different lane, but with power, you had how many seasons of power? You had like seven, eight seasons of power or some yeah, shit six, like yeah. that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, six seasons of power. And then they decided, okay, now we're going to do some spinoffs. It wasn't like season two, season three, you getting spinoffs about characters while still trying to have season four, five, six, and you're trying to learn different backgrounds of characters while mm -hmm. still watching the main story. I think with DC, they they need to chill with that 
I don't think we need a penguin penguin background at the fuck all. He could just be in the movies. Um, Falcon. We don't, even need, we don't even need a Falcon background. Like th- These are characters that we like and that we admire in Batman's um, enemy list, but we just don't need background like that. If you ain't the Joker or if you ain't Bane or some shit like that, like we, or even the damn Riddler, like we got more background on him or some shit like that, that's mm. cool. But the Penguin and Falcon, the Mafia mob type shit, we don't need background on that shit. We're just mm-hmm. going to be sitting there watching a crime show for the most part. Like. <laughs> Facts. And I feel like, I think the Penguin one actually is going to be pretty good because I like uh, I like Cobblepot. But I think they need to learn from Marvel with the fact of the shows can take away from the movies when you saturate us with too much shit. Right. Because like I said, Marvel honestly gave us three phases of good to great movies, bro. Y'all only really going off one great movie. So it's like, like you said, you have no foundation and you're trying to throw so much shit at us that it's like, damn, is are you going to tie all this in with the movie that's coming out in the Batman 2? Do we really need to watch this shit? Is this something necessary? And then what's going like, to be in the Joker 2 movie? Yeah. So it's like, is all of this going to tie in? And we've seen that the shows that Marvel has been dropping haven't been that great and haven't lived up to the standard that they're trying to achieve with Marvel. And with the great movie standard that you've set with the Batman, do you really want to drop the expectation for the Batman 2 by dropping these spinoffs where it's like, damn, now I'm not as excited to see it because the show wasn't as good. You can lose a lot of people's expectation and uh, excitement for your upcoming film by dropping these shows. You know what I'm saying? I feel like all of these characters should just be in the movies. Like we just seen the whole city in Gotham is underwater. Like, that's when we should see the Penguin again. We shouldn't see the Penguin in his own show. We could just pick up where we left off with him. Who's trying to take over Gotham? That could be Batman, too. The Joker could have potentially broke out of jail because the whole city's underwater. It's like multiple enemies could be in the Batman, too. We do not need to see a show on this nigga. Even though I think I would fuck with a Penguin show, we don't need it. Like, all of this shit is just better with the movies, you feel me? Not more so with shows being plugged in. I think that's what Marvel is fucking up. And I think DC is, they're on a, like I said, like you said, they have no foundation to be doing this shit with one movie. Like, you have no foundation. The foundation that they had, they said we're finna scrap it. So, (laughs) like, you have no, that shit is nuts to me, bro. You had, um, you had what you call it. You had Man of Steel, even though Man of Steel wasn't really the start of everything. But you brought in Henry Cavill um, from Man of Steel as Superman. So you got mm-hmm. Dawn of Justice. You had the um, Aquaman movie, was which is known as the best DC movie up until this point with the Batman. Uh, you had your Wonder Woman movie. You had uh, what else? It was another movie. You just had Black Adam. Is Black Adam going to be a part of the universe now? Or was that just a standalone film that we're not going to see Black Adam in anymore moving forward? So I don't know. I don't know what what DC's mindset is right now. But they got to do it quick. They can't throw out all these ideas and then we don't really get shit. So <laughs> For real. And moving on to the last uh, news of this week is Last Chance You Basketball comes back on December 13th. I think didn't we review the first season of it? We didn't review the first season of Last did. Chance You Basketball. Yeah, it was like a did. full season review. I think it was a season review. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm excited for this December 13th. I haven't seen it. It was been gone for a few years because in that show, 
That's when the pandemic hit. Yep. Pandemic. That shit nuts. So I'm assuming this is the season after the pandemic. So that's some lit shit. I'm definitely excited for this show. And uh, moving on to past the Ox, man. What you got for song of the week? Again, bro. R.I.P. Takeoff. I got Kelly Price by the Migos featuring Travis Scott, bro. I got. I probably got a song that a lot of y'all don't even know about, bro. I got Switcheroo by the Migos, bro. Switcheroo. Like I said, I've been listening to a lot of that old Migos today. Definitely shout out to Takeoff, man. Rest in peace. But uh, yeah, definitely listening to that old shit. And definitely a lot of his greatest shit was in that old shit, honestly, bro. I kept hearing a lot or I kept seeing a lot of like tweets and posts about Takeoff and like his greatest verses. And none of that shit was from 2011 or 2014. Like all of that shit was like new shit. 2017 to like 2022. I'm like y'all niggas don't know about his cross, name, his own cross shit, the man. country. Cross the country is damn near 2014 versus all time. <laughs> 2014, that, bro. Two verse the way he started that song off, man. That and that's why I sick. tell you niggas do not respect Migos because them niggas started they listening to bro. them in 2017. They don't know about that 2012 to 2015 run. They know they them had, from bro. bad and bougie to now. Exactly. And that's, that's not- that's and and as legacy, much as bro. we do respect that, we respect that version of Migos, but when, when them niggas first came out, yeah, they, they, they it's shook a different everything level. up, bro. They shook everything level. up. Man. It was a different level, bro. No Label 2, one of the hardest mixtapes I've ever heard, bro. I always tell you that Rich Nigga Timeline is my favorite Migos project. Oh, yeah, Let's Rich Nigga Timeline. No Come side. On, I was just listening to hey, No Side last Bachelor night. Bachelor was on that, bitch. You got Wishy Washy. Come on. Y'all niggas don't know about this. Bro, my, I was talking to my cousin yesterday. She teach at Bogey. Struggle. And she was telling me. Come on, bro. That, that album was fire. But, or that mixtape was fire. But she told me she, uh, she, uh, she, damn, she teach at Bogey. And she was telling, she was talking to her students about the death of Takeoff. They didn't know Freak no more, bro. They didn't know the hits no. like Freak No More and Hot Boy. No, bro, like, them no, niggas don't bro. know about no, that bro. shit, bro. No. I'm bro, telling no. you, them niggas know bad and bougie no. up to now, bro. I'm telling you, that's what it is. Oh them niggas don't know God. about their real egos, dog. What? They don't know about Freak No More, bro. Oh she don't want to be a Freak No More. She don't want to be a Freak No More. No more. If no they don't know Freak No More, you, you know a song they don't know. This is what it is. And it is. Young, young rich, rich nigga. Let's go. That's my shit, man. Rock in peace, that nigga take off, bro. We ain't never going to get to hear that again. That's what's so sad. And that's oh what's hitting me God. back in the head, bro. We ain't going to get to hear him or them three again on a track, bro. That shit hurt me the most. Because you've been with us for and- so long. It's certain artists of every generation that the older generation says, I really wish y'all could have got to hear them for real. Because um, even uh, Jamel Hill, Jamel Hill said, I was in college when Biggie and Tupac died. And that shit, she, she was like, I never thought big losses like that in the music, in the, in the hip hop industry would ever happen again. But now it just happens so much on a frequent basis. And it just makes me think about certain niggas that even now, like you said, with the teenagers now and the teens to come, it's like we really going to look at them like, I wish y'all could have heard the shit that we heard, bro. Like when it first dropped, because you can always you can listen to shit now. You can listen to damn near any music now. It it could be 50 years ago. You can find Mm -hmm. it now. But it's something about listening to certain people and certain music in certain times. Like people say all the time. 
like you just had to be there when when Wu Tang first came out. Like that that shit sound weird now because it sounds so old now. But when them niggas first dropped, when Wu Tang first came out, that shit was different, bro. And I feel like it's the same with Outkast. If you went around when Outkast first dropped, that shit was different. Migos is the same way, bro. Like it was just a it was an era of music that you had to be there to fully appreciate it. If you play Frank no more, handsome and wealthy and shit like that for 15, 16, 17 year olds now, they'll just be like, oh, I mean, it's straight. And we just gonna look at them like, nah, bro, you don't You get don't it. understand the impact. <laughs> Yo, well, get I remember, it, bro. bro. I remember that whole <laughs> summer of 2014, bro. Me and my niggas was playing basketball and playing No Label 2 the whole fucking summer, bro. The Hot Boy was one of the songs we was playing the most, nigga. Hot Boy, Hot Boy, Hot that first 48, bro. First 48. Come on, them niggas ain't gonna know about that, bro. Damn, rest in peace. And, and niggas, niggas don't remember when them niggas had their first big break. Like they had their hits, but when Drake hopped on Versace, Versace nigga, that changed Drake the game, bro. Versace, that changed that, the that game changed with the them game, niggas, bro. bro. That changed that the game because they the still, game. they had Hannah Montana and all that, but when Drake got on their shit. It was like okay, them niggas for real. Black Shades, Johnny Cage, Diamonds Go Parade. Oh, niggas Damn, don't know, bro. bro. Niggas don't know, bro. Just once again, bro. Damn. Rest in peace to take off. You left the legacy behind, my brother, for real, bro. You left. Just one imagine now. Just imagine. I I hope they get cool again. But just imagine if Offset and Quavo get back cool. The first concert they have without that nigga, bro. That shit gonna feel. It's gonna feel surreal. Like, he was I don't the heart know. and soul of that. He was the heart and soul he of that was. group. When you think he was the glue. He was the glue for real. Cause like just just think when they cause you know when artists get older like they do tours like you know mm-hmm. um like uh what's it called the uh OJ's was doing it. I see the OJ's doing the old not, ass groups like that. The, the damn bow wow. Um, yeah, the tour with um with all the two thousand millennium people. tour. The millennium the tour, millennium yeah. tour. Yeah. Just imagine when the Migos got to do their tour like that, bro. And takeoff ain't gonna beat up, bro. That shit just—it's not gonna—it's gonna hit because the crowd gonna sing that shit for them. They ain't even gotta worry about trying to sing takeoff part or whatever. The crowd gonna do that shit for y'all, but that shit gonna feel weird, bro. It's gonna feel so fucking weird. Yeah. Damn, Damn bro. And it's crazy when you hear the stories about how uh, takeoff was the one who really started the group. He's the one who had Quavo in and obviously yeah. really start rapping and say like, we need to take this rapping shit seriously. And like I said, he was the glue of everything. He held everything together. He the one who, I I don't know if it's true or not. I, I heard that he was back cool with Offset before he passed. I don't know if it's true but, or not, but hopefully they did get to make a, a amends before he did pass, man. But Offset just changed his um IG picture to Takeoff. Like his mm-hmm. IG um profile picture is Takeoff. That shit crazy, man. Damn, I, I, I just want to celebrate that nigga, bro. I got to celebrate that nigga. Like I told Edgar, the last couple of days has been nothing but Migos for it, you, It's bro. Amigos week, bro. It's, it's a Migos week. Migos week, bro. It might be Amigos it, month for it, real, bro. Because like I said, really his, his, bro, his music got to live on, bro. And it's going to live on anyway. It don't really matter. And, and shout out to Nori from um from Drink Champs because he really gave take off his flowers with this last album, Built for Infinity Links, which is an album of the year, rap album of the year category for sure. I don't give a damn. Future Future probably still got the best album this year, but that mm-hmm. only Built for Infinity Links was tough. And like he told Takeoff, he was like, "You always snap, but I feel like you was dancing on this bitch, bro. 
I feel like you was just you was doing shit that you was really trying to let niggas know I'm here. Like I've been here, but I need y'all to know I'm here. And and that's what I felt when I heard the shit. I felt takeoff just rap a lot more. I'm in this bitch than I've ever heard him. So I, I yeah. loved it. I love the album. Yeah, rest in peace, Tate. All right, man. Moving on to movie and show reviews. Edgar, what we got coming up, man? We got to uh, catch up on a lot of shit. Raising I ain't got to go nowhere this weekend, weeks. so we should be able to catch up. Yeah, uh, She-Hulk. We we finished She-Hulk, so y'all can go mm-hmm. check out our reviews for that. Um, It's a few movies I still ain't seen, bro. God damn, I've been so busy with work. I'm sorry, y'all. But um, mm-hmm. Smile, we could do Smile. Uh, like I just said, Raising Canaan been done for a couple of weeks, so we could do that. We'll, we'll just try to knock out as many movies as we can as we get close to the end of the year. Black Panther coming out in another week. So, whew, we definitely got to do be, that one. Oh, for sure, for sure. You know we're going to do that one, bro. We got a Barbarian one. Don't worry, darling. Uh, I don't know if we're going to do a Smile one. I would like to talk about Smile because I do think Smile, they crushed the box office. Smile crushed the box Honestly, office. Honestly, we can really try and just do like a horror, just a horror we could. in general. We like, could. try to bunch all of them up yeah we we could because like i said i I still want to talk about smile because smile was an experience that i feel like a lot of people should go and see so for sure Mm -hmm. we're gonna talk about that all right bro we appreciate you guys for listening and watching and we out peace be sure to follow and subscribe to the q e podcast you can find us on facebook instagram twitter and youtube And feel free to listen to us anytime on all podcast platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. Submit all questions and inquiries to qandepodcast at gmail.com.